All right. Uh, what is good, everybody, man? This is a random episode of the textual talk that I decided to do on the weekend, trying to go back live, see what we can make shake with all this, man. With uh, our special guest today, Rashad Morton. Me and him had some funny back to back about what two months ago. And we're going to kind of dig into it. So I'm about to bring him on stage and let him speak his piece. And we're going to see what we get. You know, but if you're right here right now, make sure you hit the like button, uh, hit the subscribe button, share this out so we can work for the YouTube. All right. What's going on, my guy? What's going on, fam? What's going on? Hold on, let me Y'all can hear me good. My sounds coming in. Yeah, you're you're good. I, I probably have feedback going on right now because for whatever reason, uh, AirPods disconnected. So, uh, let me do this. But uh, you can talk. That's, that's, I, that, and that's the war on black media right now. Uh, but you know that we say that for the next episode. <laughs> but now nah, my name is Rashad Morton. Um, um, thank you for, you know, bringing me in here um, and uh, joining this talk. You know, we, we definitely working for the same goal, trying to get more black people in tech. Um, that's the ultimate goal. Um, and, you know, for that goal to be successful, we got to have certain conversations. And, you know, that, that, that only helps us learn from each other and, uh, and grow from each other. So, I mean, a little bit about me. Um, I got into tech, you know, at the end of 2017. Um, I was working at fast food place, other place. <laughs> seen the writing on the wall. I seen the writing on the wall with all, you know, automation going on. Um, definitely trying to get on the other side of that. Um, and I, 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 I seen the best route to get in since I didn't have any experience in tech was to get those um, AWS cloud certifications. And so that's the angle that I came out, out came at it with. But I still, you know, went that route. Um, you know, the talk today is about uh, AWS certifications and, you know, <clears throat> what they can do for your career. Um, should you get them? Should you not get them? Um, and I... I the return on investment for AWS certification is definitely um, the best that I've seen. So I, I definitely encourage people to get them. Um, to me, they're like master's degrees, <laughs> you know, at, at least bachelor's degrees. So um, I got three bachelor's degrees. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. Man, I didn't really get to hear nothing you said because of... What was going uh, on with my sound? My yeah. I can hear you now. Yeah. I don't I didn't know what was going on. Then it got me. I don't know what's going on with the software. Oh well, we'll just keep it rocking. Oh. Yeah, that's the war on black media right now. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't want to hear this, you know, so you know, you gotta you gotta troubleshoot. Um, but yeah, um, just recap a little bit what you said. Uh, no, I was just telling them about, you know, how I got in tech. Um, 
as far as the end of 2017, um, you know, before all the pandemic started, I kind of seen the writing on the wall as far as, you know, auto- automation and everything and, you know, kind of our position in this whole ecosystem. Um, and, you know, during my research, you know, I, I seen the cloud was, was going to be hot. And, you know, that's where I took it with the AWS certifications. I did my research as far as, you know, what the top certifications were. And AWS has been on that list for the last, what, four or five years? Probably ever since I got into tech, AWS certification has at least been in the top five. Um, so, yeah, that's I'll just give them a little history on me and kind of where I came from. Um, I did, you know, start at the help desk, um, you know, went to Amazon as an IT support associate. I did that for eight months. Um, they wouldn't let me transfer to the AWS side for I don't know why. But now I'm at uh, another consulting company. I know I, I know where you're at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good one. It's, 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 you know, we, you know. Um, but, yeah, they're definitely taking care of me. So um, getting the I'm actually able to do the stuff that, you know, you normally don't get the experience to do as people are trying to get into this cloud uh, business. You know, you can get the certification, but it's like a lot of people are like, you know, how do I get the experience? How do I get the experience? Um, You know, that's a, you know, that's a valid, you know, that's a valid point. Um, So, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, you know? Yeah, definitely a a buddy of mine. He works there too. He actually was, Ironically, interviewing, I think he's, um, what was it, Amazon? I think he got an interview with Amazon. Uh, I think I forgot what cloud so he was studying for. So that's pretty interesting. Um, let's see. So how me and him came across paths on Twitter, like Twitter is, I consider Twitter almost kind of like the wild, wild west. Not really, because there's a lot of people that just on there talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... There we go. So, might be better. All right. Um, it's a lot of people that's on there talking. They don't know what they're talking about, and I was like, whatever. But I'm a guy. I'm just a, a honest guy by how I came up in the game and how I move. So if I see something that go against what I, I believe then I normally speak out on it. And I cannot, earlier we was looking for your tweet, what you said, which I can find it, but I feel like scrolling through it. But it was pretty much online to like get certified and embellish a little bit on your resume. And the next day, my tweet said, man said, get certs and lie. And that's how me and you started going back and <laughs> forth, you know, on Twitter. Yeah. Um. So I want, I knew exactly what you said. And also the funny thing was at that same time, I had already viewed kind of your path for what you did on LinkedIn. So I was really kind of dismayed. I was like, man, why, why he told him to do this? Because he did it the honest way. And so that's why I was like, nah, man, because I, I don't also, what a lot of people don't know is my old job. I dealt with people who really ain't know what they was doing. And it, you know, caused some issues, especially like, and if you're on my channel now watching, you can look into, I think, my security breach incident when I'm talking about, like, 
but they don't tell you what happens when you going through an incident. Like these people should have never been working with us. And that's what happened. So I'm always a big advocate of like just being honest, opposed to coming in, you know, somebody thinking you principal level and then they find out you entry, they fire you. Mm-hmm. And we got a short leash. So that's why also I'm like that. Because mm-hmm. I didn't find out companies, you know, if you just keep it real with them, but they like you, you good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's not it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You know, yeah. I think what I said was it was true, but it's kind of how you say it. And they had a Twitter space, like I think later on that evening or like the next day, um, Kanika Tolver and and a few other people they had a Twitter space about you know um, that lie, you know, lying or what whatnot. And 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 the way that they broke it down. Um, was exactly how I was trying to say it. You know, like if you have the skills to prove your worth, you know, boost that up on your resume. You know, um, it's, it's going to be hard to get a cloud job. If they seen you were a cook at Waffle House for the last five years, you know, it may be hard to get a job just because you got an AWS certification. You know what I'm saying? That may not be all you need. You know what I'm saying? Um, you're going to have to put more on that um, you know, on that LinkedIn page, you know, now, I'm not saying, you know, say you a senior network engineer, but you know, you, you, you gotta, you know, you, you gotta put all those skills that you learned while you were getting that certification, you know, find a way to adapt that into your whole LinkedIn resume. You know what I'm saying? You can't just, I, I, and you probably know, cause you, you do some career coaching, you know, we got a lot of people that, that send us these resumes and, they, you know, they want us to refer them. And you're looking at this thing like, you know, damn, you know, um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I know you just went through this boot camp and everything, but like, like this whole resume needs to be redone. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's facts. And one of the things I do with resumes is our first thing when they go through this little pre-consultant thing that I automated, I just review their resume. Mm-hmm. The comments and I'm, I'll know right there why you're not getting calls back. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like you don't have the skills to go after what you're getting, I say, hey, you need to go work on this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And then, I, like you said, the biggest thing for people is experience. And I tell people to find meaningful projects that they can do that will help them out in an in a, um, interview. So I had one guy, he really wasn't getting what I was telling him to do when I said him to find a project until. I broke it down. Hopefully he's tuned in now because uh, he's been asking me about AWS search. So I'll say, hey, tune in tomorrow because I'm going to give people the option to possibly cam up with us. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling him, listen, go to a church or something like that. You want to, let's say you know anything about uh, AWS or you want to build some type of system out and they got maybe like an old, it looks an old little small church. So you say, you know what? Hey, how do you guys keep inventory of your members, you know, what they've been given in ties and all this other stuff? And they say, oh, there, shout out to Scholar. He's actually listening right now. Um, yes. Yeah, so stuff like that. And they don't have that. So we just say, OK, hmm, this is what I can do. You know, free experience. I'm going to you know, set up a database for you guys in the cloud and do this, do this, do this. I was like, document it and put that on your resume. Now, it's not paid, but you actually did your own project, meaningful project that actually showed value that helped out a company or, you know, a nonprofit. 
And most people that interview aren't going to have a project, let alone something like that on their resume. They might have some laughs they did because everybody's doing the same trihectomies and the laughs from AWS and all this other stuff, which is fine, but it's nothing that makes you stand out if you don't have experience. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I've been trying to preach to, you know, guys like, hey, you know, figure out something, you know, the the blocking thing always helps. Brandon, you know, we'll talk about, I'll let you go to a spin off and drink some of this drink and then I'll, I'll let you rock. Yeah. But, you know, just to kind of bridge that gap, there's kind of, you know, one reason why I started the black, you know, whole black tech networks thing, you know, to kind of get people, you know, it, it's, we still knew, but we, we need to come together as far as a group on one accord and start being able to build our own projects. Cause there's enough, you know, organizations in black tech, you know, we got enough organizations, you know what I'm saying? And I'm encouraging people to start their own businesses and be leaders as well. So we can network with each other and do projects with each other. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm sure that, you know, I don't know if it's people reaching out to you, but I have recruiters reach out to me all the time or, not just recruiters, you know, I had another sister, she was talking about um, an application that she's working on and she needs, you know, wants to know if she has, if we got React developers that can debug an app. You know, well, these are projects that, you know, we can be working on that will, you know, give our people those, you know, that hands-on experience. And yeah, we just need to, um, you know, link up and, you know, start helping our people out. Cause, you know, some of us got the ideas and can, and do have a little funding um, to kind of launch whatever idea they got going, but they may not have the people, you know, so we can kind of provide the people, you know, train these people in these skills that are going to be, you know, the next generation as far as, you know, businesses goes, you know, blockchain, AI, you know, machine learning, DevOps, DevSecOps, you know, the cloud is going to be the foundation. Um, and we just staff our own businesses and, and, in those projects, you know, you'll be able to put on your resume and, and that'll, you know, like you said, make you look better as far as when you're trying to go get this job. Um. Yeah, that's facts, man. I think the so it's been a lot of different things I've seen since I've been in this space for about over a year. I was always doing this, but I didn't really dedicate time to it like I did over the past year and, and some change is that there's a lot of different softwares and projects and stuff out here, but I still see some that give you a lot of fluff and not exactly what you need to know how to do. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I get the, the capital to probably do my SOP course the way I want to, I will make it as if day one, what would you do or what questions you would ask, you know, if you were getting a new SOP job. Because some of the stuff they got now which is cool. It just show you one part, but I'll show you how to put it together. Um, even something like uh, Cyberry stuff, they um, give you a lot of a lot of information. But if you went through all that, you still kind of like, okay, how do I put the bridge on what I need to do and how do I execute? Well, hell, I, I mean, I just found out I was in cybersecurity uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was from watching, you know, well, uh, you know, Tamika Reed from Women in Linux. No, I'm not familiar with her, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You should follow her. Uh, she got a group called Women in Linux and she does a lot of uh, shows. Um, but she came in talking about DevSecOps. Um, yeah, that's blowing up right now. Yeah, it really is. So and that's what I do at my job. Like the 
infrastructure that we're deploying is like a DevSecOps platform. Um, so it's kind of cool because I get to work with all those tools, like the GitLab, the Jenkins, the yeah. Um, the Nexus, the Harbor, the Argo CD, like last. Yeah. Um, real quick, since you're in the cloud, do you work with identity and access management? Because I know a lot of people come from help that's actually technically are doing a lot of stuff where I am, but don't know they are. And yeah. they could, yeah. like you said, highlight that. So you can actually highlight that on your resume that you actually been doing identity and access management. And yeah. you can actually find an IM uh, role as well. Yeah. Um. Everything you learn on the AWS certification, you're not going to be doing at a job. Yeah. Um, there may be, a lot of your jobs have the positions broken down to where, yeah, you may just be messing with IAM and creating users and groups. Um, but, you know, a lot of companies are short, you know, so they don't have, you know, basically the DevOps engineer today, in my opinion, I, I haven't been in a DevOps engineer in every organization, but at least in my organization where I'm at, the DevOps engineer is the cloud is a cloud engineer. You know, I mean, we I've created my own users. I created users for my team. So, I mean, yeah, we mess with IAM, create roles, and like launch infrastructure, launch, launch our own infrastructure. So, you know, you're basically doing everything. <laughs> I mean, you're basically doing a little bit of everything. So. The cloud certification just laid that foundation, um, so you so you know at least you know of these services, and you can offer, you know, say you know my team they just got instances running all night. Okay, I know you know if we add tags and we can shut these instances down. We can save money. So you know that's where your knowledge as far as you know all these AWS certification, all these AWS services, and having a certification gives you the upper hand because. You can save the company money as they're experimenting with all these different services and you can recommend like some a lot. Sometimes I don't even do stuff. I just recommend, you know, they, they doing stuff and, you know, I see what they're doing. I'm like, you know, hey, why y'all don't use this? You know, and, and they, they just don't know about it. You know, um, no, I, I definitely uh, get you. And funny thing is, as me come from a sock, I think I forget what it was, but I think I was like. 2018, when I started the, the last company I was at, I really was clueless about AWS. So I'm getting alerts by S3 buckets and instances. I'm like, man, what is this? And so it actually, you know, behooves you if you're in a SOC to at least get, you know, your cloud practitioner or even Azure Fundamentals or GCP's fundamental one because it just makes your knowledge of kind of, okay, this is what they're doing. This is what the instance for. This is the what is the EC2s and VPCs and um, regions not at the different AWS lingo you will kind of know what it is and then I will see uh, automation with like Jenkins or uh, Datadog or anything else I would see in the environment so I say okay this person is doing some work but some people who didn't you know, research like that they kind of get scared so oh what's this I'm like ah oh, just research it and that could be a way where you just go down a rabbit hole hmm I might want to do this let me reach out to this guy see what he's doing and what he do at work so that's kind of one of the ways you also can figure out what you want to do. Yep. Now, now let me ask you a question. Um, who told you about AWS in as for like in your career? Like, um, I think I, I think I heard about it. Uh, let's see. When I was with McAfee, did I hear about it? 
Maybe. I know I've probably seen some rumors on like on Google or something like that, but to actually just sit me down and, and show me what it is, mm-hmm. nobody. It wasn't the fact until we was getting the logs in Splunk to where I was like, man, what is this? And then <laughs> after the principal animal, uh, analyst seems like, oh, this is why, you know, S3 buckets shouldn't be public. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. And, and, and that's another thing, um, getting my Terraform on for automation. Yep. Get that, that Terraform. Um, and that's that you know what, honestly, Kubernetes too, right? What's, that's the big yeah. one now. Everybody talking about Kubernetes. Yep, yep. If you could just say Terraform and Kubernetes, you should be able to get hired right now. I mean, <laughs> you may have to do a little more than that, but I mean, learn. Yeah, th- these technologies are not hard to learn. You know, um, you can go on Minikube and and start a Minikube, a Kubernetes cluster on your local laptop right now. You could download Terraform right now on your on your laptop. And launch infrastructure in the AWS. So, like you would go into AWS and like create an S3 bucket, um, like manually, and create an EC2 instance, and create a VPC, and create all this stuff manually. Well, now they just got Terraform scripts, and it's just they just they just got the they just got the Terraform scripts. So they got it all coded in little mod in little modules, and all you do is just Terraform applied, you know, whatever you know, a couple little codes. And you're launching all this infrastructure in AWS in like 20 minutes, bam! And that's that's automation. Um, and listen, I'm glad that you you said that also because some of those things I did do, which in my uh, cloud practitioner video that I was talking about when I when I passed the cert, I put two of the courses that I took for it, but those were some of the labs in there, and you know, free game, everybody. Um, record yourself doing, you know, some of this work. Put it up on a little blog or a free site, and you can send them as links when you send the stuff out to recruiters. And they're like, okay, they know how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I I think I can remember. What's it for this role? I don't know. So many roles. I have a role. I'm have a uh, video right now of me working like an incident response role. The video is like an hour long, and it actually was longer, but I cut it up, and I'm just talking through. Uh, one of these Splunk incident response things uh, using that data set they have. And so now me talking through it and working through it and not just reading the directions and just going to it, they're knowing, okay, he knows how to do this. So you can use that to your advantage. That's one of the reasons why I made the channel. You you get to see me talk, you feel how my personality is. And, you know, since I've branded myself, like my, my LinkedIn inbox is bonkers. I just announced a, a new job this week. And, you know, they, they hit me up the, the same day talking about, oh, hey, you, would you be interested in this? I was like, so. What new job? Everybody used to say Vantage. What new job? Uh, I just started on the incidents response team uh, for a financial firm. Okay. I'll tell, I'll tell you offline. Or yeah. people can click on my LinkedIn and they'll see it. But, yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Oh, yeah. Anything that I say don't represent the company I work for. <laughs> just let y'all know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm surprised they ain't fired me yet, though. <laughs> but nah, it's it's uh, you know, definitely do your research in, in a lot of these companies. Um, you know, the when I first got my AWS certification, this is how I knew AWS was going to be hot. The, the company had actually came out with a strategic certification program, right? Before this is right before the pandemic hit, right? I was at the help desk on a DOD um, contract. And we were like doing help desk for all the military help bases. 
And, you know, I was telling people about AWS, but wasn't nobody taking me seriously. And I, I, I've seen the writing on the wall, you know what I'm saying? But, and then they came out with the certification program and they said, okay, look, now the companies at the top, we're not in those top rooms. Like we were just at the bottom, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, even if you started, you know, in 2010, like, a lot of us didn't make it to that top round to where like we can hear what's coming down the pipe. You know what I'm saying? Like these people are just in the top room. They, they talk about AWS, you know, but you may not see it for two years. You know what I'm saying? With all the contracts that have to get, you know, going to place and all that stuff. Um, but they came out with this certification program. They were giving people $2,000 cash bonuses to get the AWS. Well, all the cloud search, the AWS, the Microsoft and not the Google cloud. But the AWS and Microsoft. I actually like Azure. I plan to actually do a little bit more work with Azure. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because um, they had this uh, cloud-based Sim Sentinel. Yeah. That uh, I forget what his name is. is another YouTuber that I just stumbled across, and he got like ten thousand subs, and he was uh, he actually had stood it up on a video, which is pretty cool to me. Yeah. That you could you were standing up like that. Without needing to have all this freaking hardware power, that's the best thing about the cloud, honestly, with that scalability. Mm-hmm. But um, to to segue into something else, you know, because I like to give tangible documentation or kind of inspiration—that might be a better word—for people, you know, that that are like us that came from like help desk, whatever. But actually, now I actually saw before you did help desk, you were doing like other stuff. Like as well, like just regular, you know. Yeah, man. I ran a barbecue food truck for five years. So I was, you know, in the food truck thing and realized that they, they weren't trying to give black businesses loans. They just wanted to spend all our money. So <laughs> I had to get out of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I waited tables, you know, like everything. I, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to put everything I did on my LinkedIn page, but look, y'all, when it t- comes to like, real stuff like okay you know this brother ain't just you know i ain't been like opening up computers all my life with some computer nerd like i've been i was uber driving lip driving you know postmates door dashing i was doing all this stuff before i got into tech and but yeah it it, it also gave me the opportunity to see how technology is is taking over and we need to get on the other side we need to get on the other side of technology where you go with your video Man, I'm trying to see. This has never happened. That I don't know how it got this hot. Maybe I used the wrong setting. Oh well, I'll, I'll just keep on rocking. I got a backup camera that I, just, I can plug in. But um, yeah, like with me, I'm just always just honest about you know what roles I worked and just realistic with with people about that. Uh, what they could just expect from possibly even pay from certain positions. Let me see. Let me do this. One second. Yeah, I, I also feel like, you know, coming from my, you know, my side, I feel like in some aspects they look down on us. Like if, if we're not coming, if I'm applying for a tech job and I'm not like coming from another tech job, it's like they almost look down on us in that aspect. So, you know, say I'm like in and I, I've never had a hard time finding a, a job, you know, because, you know, Number one, I got the certification, so I can always back it up. But mm-hmm. I, I figured out how to play the game fairly well to where, you know, 
I'm not gonna like be no long-term unemployed person. So that that stress is out the way, you know. And that's that that that's that is one stress reliever that certifications. Once you do get in the game and, and get your foot in the door, um, that is one stress reliever, you know, that'll be lifted because you know you have the skills and. But yeah. But uh, just like an honest question, and you don't have to give a specific number, but like in times of well, you probably honestly, you was an AWS support associate, so you probably was getting paid good from AWS, honestly, right? No, so when I when I when the pandemic hit, so when I was at the help desk and on a DOD contract, they came out with the strategic certification program, right. I got the first two AWS certifications, the Solutions Architect Associate, which I had to take six times to pass, by the way. <laughs> but I passed it. Then I took the six, the SysOps Administrator, it took me three times to pass it. Um, and then the pandemic hit and we went remote. Now, when we went remote, check this out. They went to uh, AWS Connect service uh to use a virtual contact center so we can go remote all right you know they what was crazy is they didn't they didn't even call me like they didn't even say hey you know we about to do this go to this aws thing you know we know you got these aws search you know you want to help us out with this project they didn't call you know they didn't ask me or nothing so you know i couldn't get that kind of experience at that company you know what i'm saying even though i had the certs even though like i was the only one like actually going for the search. So they, you know, they knew I had the certifications, but you know, that was some experience that I, I missed out on that I couldn't get. So, and this is one thing, you know, I, I hear a lot, you know, and I respect, you know, people like Kanika, you know, talk about dating jobs and, you know, just don't stick around. If you, if you don't see the opportunity that you're going to, that you can move up after you do get the certifications, you, you do have to move around. Um, Cause you'll lose those skills. You know what I'm saying? Like while, while we sleep, AWS is coming out with like 50 new services, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can lose those skills if you're not using them every day. So. And that's, uh, that's pretty yeah. major. Uh, I'm an advocate for a uh, job hopping. If it makes sense for you, if it don't make sense for you, like I, I wouldn't tell people like my last situation, I stayed there for three years. Uh, and I wasn't job hopping only because they kept on increasing, you know, my pay and my roles and let me do different things. So I was getting value out of that. Mm-hmm. And I was using it as a base to say that, you know, I we pretty much started when the, the maturity level of the soccer was a certain number. And me being at three years, we raised the maturity level. So I could speak to that through three years. And you saw that I moved up and what my uh, increased um, responsibilities were at the role. Mm-hmm. But I also was using that for experience now because now I'm bridging the gap with my incident response path that I'm doing now to where this next role, I'm probably looking at being a director somewhere. And also my old director left our company too. He black like us. So that also was like, you know what? I didn't feel bad by putting, not saying I didn't feel bad, but this is probably like the first company I was with that treated me like, you know, very well. So it wasn't that I felt bad for leaving, but it was like, hang it, I'm going to kind of miss it. But once I seen that, I was like, okay. Uh, I go with almost it. How old you, by the way? I'm 29. Okay. I'm 42. 
Okay. It took me 42 years to get to a company like that. <laughs> Man, uh, every every job I start, I look at who's over me, or I look at management, who looks like us. And when, mm-hmm. I, when I don't see anybody, then that lets me know I do a mental note, okay, I know I can go only here. So he was director level, but he didn't, they didn't put him over like one of the, to be one of the major directors. I said, hmm. He, sh- he left. And so it was funny. I was on paternity leave when I missed him on LinkedIn. It's like, yo, you put your two weeks in. I'm going to put my two weeks in because nobody knew. Only people I was close to on the job knew uh, us. Like, I got us on. Like, before mm-hmm. I left, I got somebody on that didn't really have, you know, the experience. And I was like, you know what? They do it for their people. I was like, I'm going to get you on and I'm going to train you as best as I can when I come back just so you'll be good enough to to get better on your own. Yeah. You see, that, 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 that's like the missing key in a lot of places. Like, we don't have that person like you that, okay, I'm going to get you on regardless. You know what I'm saying? And that's what kind of, it's like, you know, damn, well, should we just do what they're doing and just, you know, spice it up and and, and just try to get on? You know, because, uh, th- th- like, the way I feel about Black people, like, us, like, we're fast learners. Like, we're very fast learners. Like, every, I, I don't care, every like type of company I worked in or I was waiting tables or other, any, any place. Like we're always the hardest workers. You know what I'm saying? Like we'd be, we'd be on it. So like, I have no doubt that I'm just a normal guy. I have no doubt that what I do at my job, can't nobody just learn in matter of two or three months if they just were taught, you know what I'm saying? Or if they just, you know, if companies put forth the resources to actually train their people, you know what I'm saying? A lot of these companies, they have resources to train them, but they don't want to make that investment, you know? So they'll go six months or, you know, a year to try to hire the right person when hell, you could have just hired such and such that had a certification, but they didn't have no experience and just gave them the experience, you know? I mean, what's it going to take? Two months to show them what kind of tool uh, you use? Definitely. But I've had people on my team that just couldn't get it. So, uh, we were talking about that in um, one of those other spaces. I was like, some people's aptitude, you know, they just can't do certain roles, which is yeah. totally fine. Because I've seen that as well. Like uh, when it comes to text of everybody trying to chase the money, which is fine. I don't. I want everybody to get paid. I don't care nothing about anybody bad. You know, get get your money. But you but, get, the, you won't start off getting paid. The, the thing is, like, there's a misconception that you're gonna start off getting paid, and that's the yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and and you have to if you are you have to have an extremely good skill set and hopefully get with a company that values that. Like mm-hmm. shout out to Dayspring. Dayspring is either nineteen or twenty. Day Cyberrocks for everyone who doesn't know. And he didn't finish. Well, he just had his associates, and I think he's finishing up at WGU. Which, if you're thinking about a bachelor plan or something like that, do WGU is cheap, and they do courses that's relevant to stuff you do in the field. So. Look into WGU. But, you know, I was able to help him because he, when he got his first full-time, I was like, what they offer you? And he told me, I said, I know what they're doing at. They're doing that because you X amount uh, years old and they feel like you don't got the experience so we ain't got to pay you right. Because I'm like this, at least if you give me a full-time or you play me at least the average, cool, but he wasn't even getting the average. Yeah. So once we had a spot open up, I said, oh, I think I was on vacation then or something like that. I text uh, my manager, who shout out to Ashley, by the way, best manager I ever had. Um, I say, like, look, I got a young guy. Get him on to guarantee you, you know, you will not be 
you know, let down. And they end up offering them like, I think I'll get a conversation. I just probably got offered like 50K more, you know, mm-hmm. doing similar stuff, actually doing less work. Um, on top of that, since I've gone, they actually promote him to another level because he, you know, he out there grinding. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost segueing to also letting people know like, roles, you don't just start off with roles with a lot of money in the beginning sometimes, but if you have friends in high places, it works. So network and if you were looking for a mentor, you have to come correct. Uh, I had a young man kind of, I don't even know how old he is, but he kind of came into my LinkedIn inbox a little too fresh. Um, I kicked out of my group. Huh? It's probably somebody I kicked out of my group. <laughs> well, it was just like I, he never, we hadn't established that rapport for him to kind of, you know, know, it was kind of so lackadaisical if you're coming to me on a professional site, wanting me to be a mentor. And I, I just gave him a rule of thumbs. Like, you know, if you want a, a mentor, you need to come in and, you know, show me your value and show me like what you're working on. And then I might, you know, take an interest in, you know, helping you out some. But just because you reach out to me doesn't mean, especially if you reach out to me in the wrong way, which he probably was just nervous. I, I still end up talking to him and I'll probably end up replying to him again because I forgot to reply to him. I've been busy this, this whole week. But um, yeah, guys. Just, just network, put your head down. Uh, like Diara was telling people, like people want to jump past everything and not know the fundamentals. You got to understand, sometimes you can look up into a role, but then you might plateau right there because you don't have the fundamentals to take you to the next level. If you guys watch anything with sports or me and you drummers, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can be naturally gifted, but the real, the best drummers know all their rudiments and know how to do them. And they can count. They know different. Um, they can play in four, four, three, four, any anything, mm-hmm. and they can play with anybody because they got fundamentals. It's the same thing when it comes to being a tech. Yeah. Having fundamentals to whatever your skills uh, space is can keep on helping you elevate. If you don't, then you'll get left behind because you don't remember them. So that's all she's been trying to tell people, and people been getting mad like she's trying to gatekeep. Like, nah, just work on the basics. I'm a boxing guy. I, I mean, no, I was su- surprised Deontay Wilder got that far with just the lack of boxing skill. And it showed up when he went against somebody his size that could box way better than him. Same mm-hmm. thing happened at work. You know, you're going for a role, and then this person right here know how to do all this stuff or either stuff you forgot that you don't know how to do. And now, you know, you got to look. So that's all we're trying to tell y'all, man. Y'all, y'all be okay. Stop falling in love with the timelines of, you know, the people who are making good six figures and above, they put in work for that. Mm-hmm. And, and what you should be falling in love with is the job descriptions. Like look at these job descriptions and look at what the skills that the companies want that go with that job. And I think that's probably what's missing. Like we don't know how to really look for jobs um, in tech. Um, I don't know what people or how people are looking, but, I mean, I could just go on LinkedIn and just type in AWS and you're going to get 190,000 something results. Now, you know, with those results, you know, I can look at them and like you can start to come to a general idea of the type of, you know, skill set that these companies want as you're looking at this job. And that's what that's what y'all need to be learning. You know, I mean, point, point blank. And then once you learn it, you know, you put that. Add that on your LinkedIn page and, you know, add that on your resume. 
Yeah, that's facts. And in my um, ebook, I'm actually detailing the people. Two uh, examples. I have an example of a good entry level position and a bad one that's not entry level because people don't know. So they're getting caught up on what they perceive to be actual entry level and they're mm-hmm. chasing certs that are entry level. Yeah. Do you think and we need now, entry level positions anymore, though? Do I think what? So do you think we even need to go for entry level positions? Uh, honestly, so when it comes to cybersecurity, some of them aren't really entry level because they expect you to have some type of yeah. knowledge of like IT and databases and other stuff. But if you have no experience whatsoever, like you just got to let me see. What did this person say? Because this, this is probably a good example. Like, OK, let's say. But if you have a certain no experience with it, most employers tend not to consider you. That's. Not all the way true. It depends on company. So you're right and wrong. Um, if you get a chance, you probably just got in here. But if you get a chance, wait to watch this at the beginning. I detailed about what you can do to kind of bridge that experience gap. Um, but the reason why I say that is because you got people trying to go chase all these search, trying to get CISSPs with no experience. Yeah. Now they come back thinking that they deserve X amount of money, but they don't. They just got some certs. It don't. It don't mean a lot of nothing. Yeah. Whereas if you just focus on the stuff you need to know skill wise, and you get an entry level or mid level, and and sometimes a company like you so much, like that's what was good about Optus. I referred a girl in for I think a regular position, and I would say, you know what, you got the skill set to be a consultant, so we're gonna put you in as a consultant. Yeah. And they gave her a consulting gig. That can happen too. I ain't gonna say it's gonna always happen, but that's what we kind of gotta get to is um like we just talking about focus on the fundamentals because I don't know like like I said unless you know somebody it's hard to get you past a a mid level role um, and some of these roles what you'll find out uh, is that honestly your workload really ain't gonna be that much you might work for maybe five hours a day maybe you know. Uh, okay. I was. How do you feel about going to, to? How you feel about people that are going to school for like cybersecurity? Because I've seen uh, quite a few people like at the help desk that have went, you know, graduated from, you know, cybersecurity schools. Um, uh, are you talking about like those boot camps? Yeah, the boot camps are even like you know like DeVry or you know some of these schools where you know, um, for profit schools. If you're in school right now, get try to get an internship. Keep on applying on every internship because I really I rarely see people outside of school get internships. Uh, speaking of, go on my LinkedIn right now. I actually just shared a, uh, a person looking for some SOC interns. They said I think they're looking to hire in January. So if, if you're on here, go look at that because you know that's what they do. Interns they'll take you if you don't have experience. So that's one of those things as well. Internships can be a game changer, but I will say going to school for that is cool, but it doesn't show you much. You're going to have to do stuff on your own. And I haven't got a chance to review some of these curriculums, but if I get a chance to, it's only probably a handful that got good curriculums. Like my uh, alma mater, uh, Louisiana Tech, for computer information systems, they were teaching the same thing that I did, and I graduated in 2013. I had a client. I was like, why are they teaching the same stuff? Nobody even using none of this stuff at work. Yeah. <laughs> which made me which made me be like, fam, like, what's going on? Y'all just taking people money because they out here struggling because they don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's looking for you to know how to do visual basic. 
Nobody care about Microsoft Access. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely, it, it really, it, it's hard because a lot of parents don't know. Um, they well, a lot of parents make tell the kid at the eighteen they're grown, so mm-hmm. you can pick your own school, and that's not the case. It's hard for an eighteen year old to figure out what they really want to do. Yeah. With me, I started. I want to be an architect. <laughs> and I realized quickly, hey, I'm not that good at drawing. I ain't gonna be that good at drafting. Let me go do something that I might be interested in. And that's mm-hmm. how I ended up moving in a way that I moved. But even then, just going, I probably had a couple of classes in my major that I learned. Something. Other than that, you know, I learned most of everything. You know, within your first two to three months, your first job teaching more than school ever did. Yeah, <laughs> like even some simple as like email etiquette. Like they need classes on email etiquette. Some people don't know how to send emails. Yeah, <laughs> so help this taught me a lot of that. Yeah, so that yeah, I, I think and and when I got into tech, I I, I went to that. Uh, it was a school called Hallmark. They had a two year like bachelor's degree program in information systems or whatnot. So. They were going to let us get the CompTIA A+, the Network+, and the Security+, for free. You know, well, after we, if we pass it the first time, it'll be free. But if we don't pass it, then we got to pay half off. Um, but they weren't, they weren't talking to nothing about the cloud. So, you know, I realized that, you know, and after like my first, you know, three months there, and, you know, I got the A+, you know, it took me three times to pass the first one and two times to pass the second one. But I got that. I got that sucker. And then I was like, you know, OK, I can stay here and do all this and then be in, you know, more debt. While technology just, imp- you know, while, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's getting, the, you know, what I'm saying like the people that are already in the field, like they already, you know, and once I got in the field, I realized that people still weren't on the cloud, but. You know, it, it, it enabled me to find out what these companies are using. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are these companies using? Like, what's the system? Okay, you use the service now. You know, you use a remedy. You know, now I can start putting these ticketing systems, you know, on my resume. Okay, yeah. I know how to use remedy. I know how to use that one. I start off with remedy. Snow is like big. They stop is big. You can, man, it's so many different jobs. Just if you niche down into working with service now or remedy, you could, you could get a bag and, that's something else, guys. If you want to niche down, focus on softwares and see if you can, how you can start off with the software because they always need people to be subject matter experts. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel about um, people that have no experience with those service now in Salesforce cert- uh, certifications getting into the field? Um, I say go for it. If they're able to pass the the certs, then if if the company hires them, hire them because I mean it's a little different. Um, I don't I've never tried to work on snow or any Salesforce or anything like that on my own. So I don't really know what you have to do with it. But if you can pass the material, I feel like you can do the job. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of people that, that get in and do it, you know. And sometimes you won't be unless you like start off sometimes on a low level job or some I see somebody that kind of put you on game on. You won't even know about the software until somebody tell you, you know, about them. And so that's the that is one of the bright spots about Twitter. You if you if you find the gems of somebody throwing out some some softwares you never heard of, look them up. Like I just made a whole post on my Instagram a couple of days ago about uh, endpoint detection and response and a couple of softwares on there to where you might want to niche down in one of those platforms and get paid just to work on those. Yeah. Even Splunk. Yeah, definitely. Well, Splunk is cool. It's hit or miss, but depending on 
yeah. how to get your experience using fun. Now, granted, you can get a dev license or you can download it on your own, but it's still a little different when you're in a production environment. Very yeah. different, especially if you got a high maintenance client that wants you to do all this other stuff, like our client was with our Splunk uh, engineers. Like, if you didn't know what you was doing, it's going to show up. We had a lot of people quit. <laughs> a lot of people. They were certified. So that and so. That, yeah, I mean, it's certified, but it's even still other stuff that you just don't know. Like, you got to be a witness. Like, uh, yeah. shout out to John Landers. He's like, I, I call him like one of the smartest guys I, I know or worked with. Uh, he's he's a beast. He would he know the best way to tell somebody no and the best times, and I would just laugh. Um, I, I learned everything from him. And that's another thing, guys. When you start a new job, you don't know a lot. Find one of the smartest people there. And don't just bug them. Try to do your due diligence first and then come to them and they'll help you and soak up everything you can. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. So once I started getting him to speak good of me, I had made it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it is hard to be around those people since we are, a lot of us are working remote now. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how that is affecting the whole learning process, so to say, of, you know, us going to the next level, like say, you know, so say, you know, things may be, may be a little different now. Like if you were just starting to take job now, you know, at the help desk and, you know, everybody's remote, you know what I'm saying? So you're not around those people. Yeah, talking yeah. To, definitely. You know. um, but you know, it's just the, the wealth of knowledge being shared to me is, better now in mm-hmm. my humble opinion just because like i said when i was trying to break in in 2012 2013 it wasn't this type of information out there for me like, i had no clue like all i had was somebody that kind of worked in the government that told me get a sick plus and get a ceh which is bad advice for the ceh because it's trash anyway but um <laughs> that didn't help me none and so i did my my, my dirty work two years helped this uh, almost a year at a knock job before I got my first sock roll. Mm-hmm. But I got there and I've talked about that before. I may go in on that on some, some more podcasts in the future, but it's all about positioning, being intentional with your time. That's why I'll keep on, you know, shout my ebook out is I give you kind of like a high level way of figuring out how to, to get to point A to maybe point two A, because I can't tell you the stuff in the ebook is going to get you to your end goal. But it might get you to that stepping stone role to get you to the next role, which I, I, I discussed how my role, the knock role, got me from Shreveport Bossier to Dallas, which I knew ultimately I was going to find my security role, which I did just from lack of things. So some people that I look at it like that, they're trying to hit the grand slam and move. I'm like, sometimes just if you can at least take a lateral move and move and then network your way you'll be okay. Cause sometimes just waiting around for that perfect pitch, it's not going to happen. That's what I did with Amazon. As I went from the DOD help desk job to the Amazon job, that was just a lateral move. It wasn't a pay raise, mm-hmm. but I feel like I was going to get my foot in the door to see if I can right. get to the U.S. side. But what happened there is, and this probably happens to a lot of us too, is, um, we get we we get you know what's called D level. Um, it's you know it's I didn't know what the term was, but because I, I honestly until I got to Amazon, I didn't even I haven't worked in a corporate structure 
to understand that there's actually levels in a company, you know, and that matters, you know, as we're applying for jobs on the outside, I can't see, you know, this AWS engineer job. I can't see what level position that is, but the company knows what level position that is, you know, and they could bring you in at that level or they could bring you in at a different level, but you don't always know that, um, you know, from the outside. So I applied for IT support engineer position at Amazon and, um, they asked me a question about spanning tree protocol. Now, you know, I told them I didn't know nothing about it, you know, but I still had the two AWS certifications at the time. Um, so they ended up bringing me in at the lower level as IT support associate instead of an engineer um, at $25 and 36 cents an hour with two AWS certifications <laughs> and Azure certification. Um, so basically I'm just walking around like plugging stuff in, like, you know, it was such a wide range of things we were doing, like, but um, it gave me an opportunity to learn Linux. So, you know, before, you know, in these other jobs, I was just working with Windows. You know, I never really I heard about Linux. You know, I I knew a lot of the cloud is built on Linux. And that's like a fundamental skill you need to learn if you're going to be learning the cloud. But as far as like seeing it in the actual production environment in a company, um, Amazon was the first. Um, so that gave me that exposure, uh, which was good. And they had access to like a crap load of free resources, like all the A Cloud Guru, Wiz Labs. Like we had access to a whole bunch of like free learning resources. So I just soaked all that stuff up and got me another cert and put that stuff on my on my uh, LinkedIn page. And I didn't even have to apply for the next job. The recruiter reached out to me for the next job. All right, I'm back. Appreciate you holding it down for me. Oh, uh, oh, did you did you see this right here? What? Uh, what is the best AWS cert at the moment? Um, <clears throat> if it's your, if it's, I I can't say what the best cert is, but I can say if it's going to be your first AWS certification, you should start off with the Solutions Architect Associate. Um, I mean, let's you, just be. You think what? so? I think so. Um, now. Because okay. I'm like, what if they don't know anything? That's that's a good that's a good one. Um, if you don't know anything about technology, you know, you can start off with the AWS cloud practitioner, but don't expect to get a job with the AWS cloud practitioner, especially not a six figure job. Um, you really need to have that AWS Solutions Architect Associate um, certification. Um, which is going to give you uh, a deeper dive into that. This is what I don't want people to do. Cause I feel like as like, we, we, we're smarter than we sometimes give ourselves credit for, you know, like I go through some people's LinkedIn page, like some of these people got bachelor's degrees. I got master's degrees. Y'all got like, y'all got, y'all know how to take a test, <laughs> you know, um, that cloud practitioner, you can study for that cloud practitioner in two weeks and take that. You know, what I don't want people to do is like say, I'm going to get the cloud practitioner and then they take all year to study for it. You know what I'm saying? And I then- get you. But I, I'll give you the pushback that I do have on that. Yes, we all can pass it because it's a fairly straightforward test. I actually like the test. Mm-hmm. But if my goal is for them to just practice lab and kind of just get familiar with it, 
it would behoove them to at least do one to two months. Not the fact that they got to pass the test, but the more so going through the material. Yeah. yeah. Because I find people, if I translate it to when I coach people, they just got sick plus or something. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to be sock analysts. When I ask them a scenario based question, they can't answer it. Mm-hmm. And that's because the only thing you did is you know, pass the cert, which yeah. most people can't. But if you just start playing around and start doing different labs and stuff with, Linux and cloud type of stuff every day, you may run into something where you have to go research it and work on a problem and stuff like that because you did the lab and you didn't just try to pass it. I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong, but if their goal is to at least get familiar and learn it so they can, or if they are trying to start entry level and say, okay, you know, I'm familiar with setting up uh, IM. It's where after they finish cloud partition, they just start learning more about IM stuff mm-hmm. and, or, or going like that. Like, because I think cloud partition is really just used to introduce you to what you want to do. Yeah. Kind of like Sec Plus 2. It's like broad and then you kind of figure out, oh, you can do this, this, and this. Yeah. And then I want you to, you know, to specify. So that that would be my only pushback on that because I run into people doing that. Uh, I see it on YouTube, people saying, oh, pass Sec Plus in a week or whatever, you know, and then they're wondering why they didn't get hired. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you get, as long as you start the, the end notes on that, it's like, hey, don't expect possibly to get, you no. Know, a, a job with just a cloud practitioner with a hundred a hundred dollar cert think you're gonna get six figures you know as long as they don't have that mindset man, hey. yeah yeah and that's why i say like it's, not, it's really like a pointless cert but if you get the knowledge and you can you can you can still and go get the solutions architect associate you know still study for that solutions architect associate um that's gonna put you in a better like they didn't come out with that cloud practitioner until i was uh like I had, I had taken the solution architect associate like three times and failed it. Then they came out with that cloud practitioner. I was like, dang, should I go back and take it? It made me feel like, dang, should I go back and take that one? You know, since I'm not passing. And I was like, nah, I'm already studying for this one. You know, let me just, you know, let me just fail it two more times and then maybe I'll pass it, you know, but um, nah, I, I think the, both of those tests, like I said, uh, and you said it too, like, Get your foundational knowledge and then branch off into the, the one you want. You know what I'm saying? Like the your specialty. So say like the solution architect, you're going deeper into the services, right? Uh, you know, and you feel like, okay, you, you may like databases or you may like, you know, the DevOps, you know, part or whatnot. You, you can figure out from there. And then after you pass that architect associate, you know, go for your specialty. Like you can go for security specialty or you know, go for networking or go for... And funny enough, I was going to... I was say funny enough, I actually was going bypass the other um, try to get the specialty security. Yeah. They dropped the barriers. And then I started working on other stuff. Yeah. Well, they dropped the barriers now. There used to be barriers like when I first started, there were... Mm-hmm. You had to get the associate first before you can get the professional or before you can get a specialty. I think they dropped the barriers now, so you can go straight. Honestly, you can go straight for a professional now. I think if you wanted to, um, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but you know, like you gotta be a hardcore person to do that. But um, I mean, the way I, w- I would run it, you know, get the cloud practitioner knowledge. You know, study for the a solution architect associate. You know, don't don't take two years to do it. You know, like three months or whatnot. Take it. Um, Fail fast. Like, if you fail it, like, at least you'll know what's on the test. And you can, because some of us, a lot of us could get, we'll get close. Like, 
when I even when I failed it, I was only failing it for like by like a couple of questions. So like say it was like a 720 to pass, you know, I would get like a 680 or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I know I'm not that far off. So, you know, there's no point in like waiting another six months to retake it. Like, let me reschedule this mug and, and retake it again in two weeks. And hopefully I pass it. You know, hopefully I get those three questions I got or one, two or three questions I got wrong. I get them right this time. Ain't nobody going to be asking you what the what score you got. So Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares about the score. Uh, nobody cares about your GPA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all we want to know is if you can do the work. Like I'm gonna, we finna segue to a question. Me, uh, I've seen you talk about on Twitter before. Uh, it was a pretty good conversation that you, that you brought up when you were saying about uh, us being, I forgot what percent of the United States, but what percent we represent. Like in, I don't know if you were saying cybersecurity or tech. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, like we, it was something you and De'Ara was talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. Was, do you remember what you brought up? Uh, you know, saying like we we basically we make up as blacks, we make up about fourteen percent of the population. But as far as in tech, you know, we only make up you know, and I posted a thing you know with all these tech companies, like we only make up like four or five percent, you know, as far as the black people that are in tech at these companies. Um, then you know what's discouraging about that is that it's it's a lot of us out here doing work. You know, what's going on, Professor Black Ops? There's a lot of us out here doing work, you know, um, like real work on the on the ground. And, you know, I, I feel just personally, it's, it's just disrespectful that it's not showing up in the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got, like, we got all kind of people, you know. I don't know really any any race or group of people that's putting in the work as far as getting their people, besides Asians, Asian, they get their people. Um, we gotta, we, we we gotta be like that. Like we, you know, we wanna, so the Asian numbers, they're like thirty percent in the tech job. And so, in in, in the discussion was, um, how does politics? affect that those decisions and you know we were just going back and forth that and it was a good conversation and and just trying to get people to see like like we can't disconnect politics from what's going on in black tech because the policies that are being made in the government are affecting what we're doing in tech you know i mean we can put in all this work to get you know i I was saying like we can individually do good yeah me and you and we can get some other people you know we can individually do good but collectively, are collectively are we making a difference at these tech companies and putting pressure on them to where no y'all can't go lobby Congress and put everybody in front of us and you know we, we you know we putting in our time to help our people mentor you know like these other you know they're not mentoring our people like they're not mentoring their people like we are mentoring our people you know what I'm saying and you know that's where I'm like it's 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 like we gotta. Uh, we you know we got to put two and two together, man, and and like start coming together collectively and push. Like the black tech community is should have the most clout out of all the whole black tech community because we're the highest earners. So we're going to be the highest earners in the community. So if anybody's going to uh, change policy, it's going to be us. But you don't think so? Don't don't even stop. 
Go ahead, Tech. My fault. No, no, you good. I was gonna say I don't know about highest earnings only because it's Tell only maybe about- a few. I'm gonna say it's only a few of us at the very top of, of certain these places, and, and their total compensation is crazy. You know? Yeah. So yeah. because now we're getting into you know you you've got like close to ten years. You you're most of the roles that you interview for you might be close to 200, 200 plus TC or whatever. But then you got the people that's going 400, 500 C level. You know, a lot of us aren't up there on that level just because of barriers to entry. Yeah. But I'm going to let um, Professor Black Ops rock and then I'll let Roman rock uh, since they cammed up. Anybody else that want to cam up, uh, the link is in there. Uh, we can only have 10 people at a time in here. So, you know what I'm saying? Let's get it. That's cool. I, the only reason I disagree with you, Rashad, I think your point is, but if you look at the us from an uh, image perspective, we still nerds on, on the movies, man. So when you talk about nobody gives respect nerds till they figure out you're trying to make 100000 right? Yeah. So that's the, that's the only reason I, I kind of shook my head. I agree with you, but we still don't get the respect we should get, right? Yeah. I'm probably the oldest dude up here. I've been in cyber, I've been in IT for 30, 35 years, man. I'm 53. Damn. I got my first uh, program in it. Um, I, I got my first bachelor's in computer science in 1990 and I got my MBA in 95. So when y'all talking about y'all 29 and 30, I just start laughing. I got sweaters older than y'all players. So, oh. so I, I've been in this game a long time. And, and two is I worked at DOD. Uh, they offered me a job at 13, but I, I, I jetted and got a better job. You know, I'm trying to get that accreditation money. Like my man said, I'm, I'm peaking at 200. So I'm trying to get there. Yeah. Uh, but long story short, with my background in cybersecurity, I'm just trying to get my um my AWS cert so I can go from on-prem to in cloud because that's the future, right? So that's what I'm trying to do. So I, I'm getting there. Like I said, I, the crazy thing is since I do a lot of security reviews, I review a lot of stuff in the cloud and I just put my on-prem knowledge to the cloud, right? Because the VBC is a network, three-tier architecture, right? Controlling your traffic, controlling your UDOD, FIPS 140-2 encryption, you know, all that good stuff, so. Mm-hmm. I just came up here to support y'all, you know, and just to live my two center. And two, we can chop it up about instant response. That was a great video. I did that for DOD for about 10 years. So all that was on point. So I just came yeah. up here. And Actually, I did part accept. two of that. Okay, that's cool. I'm going to check it out. Long story short, I'm just letting you know, old dudes got to keep their skills up, too, because you could disappear out here in these well, streets. Right. skills ain't yeah. up, man. So yeah, I'm old and grinding. Because, because you've been in this thing, you know, 30 years, so you have a level of insight that nobody has because like we were talking about earlier, a lot of kids, you know, want to run before they can crawl and they're not understanding that they ain't going to last long because I always tell the people, it's like, if somebody really starts zoning in on you, they can tell who BS and they'll get you out of trouble. Uh, I can tell with three questions if you bullshit. I can ask you three questions and I know right away if you real or not. And and tech with us being black, it was four black people up here, all various ages. It ain't that many of us, but now all of us know each other. And so right, if right. if somebody, if one of us mess up, like these two gentlemen on the right hand, they actually work at the same company. They just don't know it. But <laughs> <laughs> if somebody messed up, then if like, oh, I remember that y'all worked with him, uh, don't hire him. Because it's a small, oh, it's a small knit info set community that people really don't even understand. And people out here just moving and talking reckless on, on Twitter and, and YouTube. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you done pretty much almost possibly not even got yourself hired before I ever met you just because you're over here talking stupid. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and it's not that 100%. many of us. Like you said, four, four or five percent of us. 
This the this last job was the first time I had just about three of us on one team uh, together. Surprisingly, me, you know, Tay on Tech, and then um, my my other guy. And so that was only three times on the sock. Like that was crazy. Because normally when I did help desk, everybody looked like us mostly because they're hires for that. Oh, facts, facts. You was on a team with Tay on Tech. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my guy. Uh, we worked together at McAfee and Optus. Okay. Yeah, because I'm usually in the C-suite, man. I talk to I talk to the CISOs and COs. Like you said, when you get at that level, you don't be any brothers. And I'm really just an advisor, you know, because I'm at that level where we do insurance. We talk risk at the at the top level. So I got to tell the CEO what's his risk from insurance perspective. So I've been those meetings. I'd be the only one, man. It'd be crazy, man. And I, I was whispering that to my boss because we go way back. She a white female, but she called like, where the brothers at? You know, she looked to me to my face. She said, you bring some brothers with your degrees, I hire them. I couldn't find any at the time till I came to YouTube and started meeting people. It would just be me, man. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the that and that's the issue. I've, I've actually found it. I found more people on on Twitter. Like, every time a job comes to me, I'm not my interested in. But look, I put it on Twitter. I get about five, ten people hit me up. Because on LinkedIn, I could post it. I might get somebody to reach out. But but Twitter is becoming one of the best networking sites that you can use to get jobs now, especially for I, us. I yeah. ain't even on Twitter yet. I'm old, man. Y'all got to give me a little patience, man. I gotta I'm telling Twitter. you, get on there, man, and, and just start dropping that knowledge. You're going you're gonna to see, right. man. Like, uh, you know, I didn't just, I didn't got a chance to just tap in with everybody. Uh, uh, Dalvin Jackson, DJX Alpha, he, oh, yeah, he's yeah, on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, guy. you know, once you on there, he going to retweet you. I'm going to retweet you. He's going to retweet you. And you're going to be on there. It's like, oh, yeah, you've been here 30 years. We need you to do something. So, he he interviewed me for three hours, man. It was rocking. It was crazy. His wife told him he had to get off. <laughs> we were shopping up for three hours on his channel. So yeah, that's surprised my, my kids ain't run out the room now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. We love kids. <laughs> Shout out. Let Roma get in. I'm old. I'm gonna take all the mic. All right, let me uh, meet Roma. Oh no, nah, I was just letting him speak on it. But uh, I wanted to uh, stick more to the subject of the video. What AWS certification you should get? Because I don't think what's covered is what you should know before you start looking at those associate and professional certs. And back to what Professor Blackout was saying with that 30 years experience, you're definitely going to need some networking experience to get to those higher level AWS certifications. And even uh, I'd even suggest people take that Linux plus uh, CompTIA certification as well, because you need Linux and networking skills for those. But yeah, like a uh, Henri gave it away. Me and uh, Rashad work at the same company. I'm not going to say it publicly. And I just interviewed for another company Rashad apparently worked for. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thursday. And it was a four-hour interview. But uh, my background is I'm, I have nothing to do with cybersecurity. I'm, I'm a software developer. I want to get more into it, but uh, I like writing code too much. So I don't I don't really see that happening. Oh, yeah. Roman, Roman, I'm, I'm going to give you a little secret I don't give a lot of people. I programmed in Oracle and Java for 15 years. When I jumped to cybersecurity, my pay went up 50%. I love programming. I love building. But I, I'm old and fat now. I like to eat better, Roman. I'm just throwing that out because those skills you get, because when you build something, the first thing is purple team. The first thing web apps get hacked is SQL injection, command injection. Yeah. All that goes to the web, and you understand that. The next part is you connecting your app to the database. So that's where your signal injects. So all those skills you learn and easily uh, slides into cybersecurity. Then you could be old and fat with a gray beard like me, bro. And make and I'm a thought and make one fifty plus. I'm old and I eat well, young man. I've just started, but I love programming. Okay, okay, okay. I program on the side, but 
That cybersecurity money, that programming money can't touch a young man. I promise. Oh, you. so cybersecurity getting the steak and lobster, so oh, steak lobster. No, 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 no. We're getting a Kobe steak that they massage the cow and the cow drink the beer. <laughs> no, so just think about it, man. I love programming. I still do a lot of Java Oracle because Purple Team, because that's where your app get hacked. But like I said, the money's so much better in cybersecurity. And the sad thing about it is I work less because I don't have shit in production that people gonna call me on. <laughs> If something happened in production, I'm calling you while I'm at home. Uh, cybersecurity said your app is leaking some uh, passwords. I, we need to get with that. That's not me. That's you. So I, I don't have to worry about production stuff. So I'm just throwing that out. Giving you game. I'm old. I'm just giving you a look. That's game. true. I, I have gotten those 3 a.m. calls before. So you ain't lying. You ain't but lying. the beauty two about is, this is not go ahead. Well, the other thing, too, about that is, you know, when you get those calls sometimes, you panicking because you tested your app. So you're like, what happened? What's going on? Is it me or is it somebody I connected to? Man, it, so I, man, I was having flashbacks. And, you know, I worked in DOD. We talking about 10 million soldiers not getting paid. That's the stuff I was working on. So you panicking, man. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? I tested it. Then everybody's looking at you in the stand up. I'm like, I'm on it, man. Hold on. Give me a little minute, man. Give me a minute. So it's so I saw I'm to. I actually work less and make more money, man. Man, oh. not only that, I mean, you know, hey, I mean, on live, free game. Now, honestly, only do this if you can manage it with your workload. But if you work in remote, you can pick up another gig. If you're only working like two, three hours at one, nice. pick up the other one, you know what I'm saying, and, and run it up for as long as you can until they make you come back in the office. Uh, man, I just talked to this guy at a pharmaceutical company, Silicon Valley, because I do insurance. So he wants me to work on the side, and I'm working with this guy from Google. He talked about, you know, maybe paying me one fifty. I almost blacked out at one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Not a child one fifty an hour. It's not gonna be full time, but it's stuff I could do because I've been doing my job forever. Right. But 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 those skills you get though, if you want to, those easily slide in the cybersecurity because most of your attacks are coming from the web app because they poorly programmed. They're not checking their validation once again. They're not doing single checks. All that stuff really comes through the app. That's the first thing that gets hit, man. So, like I said, I programmed for 15 years, and I got in a um, cybersecurity at DOD, and people were offering me so much money, I was confused for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But look, the beauty about this now is you got – one of the things I also want to do with this platform is bring people together that have all different skill sets because I would love one day to have a company that has just about subject matters – subject matter experts and almost everything that look like us and we running everything and we charging what we want to charge and they pay us because they know we the best and we can hire people that look just like us so that's you know i've been learning about how to do your own you know consulting thing you know federally and stuff like that so that'll be in the works you know you know roman knowing how to program i'm gonna say hmm let's see if we can develop a sword tool that's better than phantom or xor let's see what we got yeah, I, uh, I, I tutor students on the side for my own side business. I just had to restructure my LLC and stuff like that. So, nice. not to teach people to program easily. What's your stack? What's your full stack? So, right now at my current company, it, it is Java, actually, Java Spring Boot. Like oh, there that. you go. I'm almost said you. I'm Java Spring. You got Hibernate for the back end? Yep. yep. Oh, there you go, man. See, I almost hugged you. That's the stack. <laughs> That's the stack, man. Absolutely. But my first stack, when my first uh, job was actually a uh, React, you know, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. front end framework, and uh, it was Mongo for the DB. So, like that, we were running Node back in. So, well, let me know, like, Rashad's saying, what I'm going to do when I'm reaching out to people is, and I know a lot of red team people, I'm setting up my first AWS. I believe I'm a fully stick it 
make for security, harden the programming app, then I know a couple, three red team guys, I'm going to have them attack my app to see how good we are and see where we at. Then that way, like Rashad said, you can use it as a portfolio to say, you did this, this, the red team. We watched the attack through the logs, like my man said, so we can get his instant response on. So I'm going to try to do that. Uh, I've been talking in 2021, 2022 is when I'm going to start laughing. So if you want to, you know, get a piece of that, just let me yeah. know. Like I said, I'm going to start on that. that. Yeah, definitely. We, 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 we'll team up. So that's what I'm trying to do because, like Rashad said, you can have all the search, but you need something to say, I did this and show it to him, right? Exactly. That's what when I started getting interviews because I had a, I have an AWS cert, but mm-hmm. when I start translating it and putting like my actual jobs where I use that at, mm-hmm. that's when I started getting calls back for like AWS related right. roles and stuff like right. that. Right. You got to put that actual experience in production right. on that resume. So I'm going to do, like you said, Spring Brute, uh, Spring Hibernate. i probably go to, because uh, I'm an old Oracle guy, even though it's yeah. getting out there. <laughs> go to Oracle database, make it, which you probably don't know, it's called FISMA, DOD certified. It's called Stegs. I'm going to harden my whole app with DOD level security at, right? Because that's what you want to put on your resume. I can do it at the highest level. Then I got, uh, like my man said, I'm going to call out Alpha Cyber, Kenny Conjo, and uh, Gabe Bay. They red team guys. I'm going to have them attack my app look at the logs to see what they're trying to do and do it as a project. So we can all write that down as experience, you know, for, for the next gig and, and just get better at it as, as a whole skill. Absolutely. Prac app, man. That's, that's the main thing. Prac app. Cause I mean, we go for these certifications and we have like, you, you, we were saying, can not answer simple questions that the, that the cert, entire certification was based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even know the job titles that go with that certification. Absolutely. So crack app is the way to go. The job title go with if you get an AWS certification, what job titles can you go for? You know. And if you only got one, barely any. Seriously, most companies are expecting you to have at least three to four AWS certs to even be looked at for an AWS role. Yep. It's just it's just weird because I got 30 years sometime to give me a pass. So and like I said, <laughs> the crazy thing is I do vendors, so vendors uh do all this stuff in AWS. So I get to do a security review and I actually learn from them. I'm like, okay, how you doing this? How, how do you connect to the database? What JDBC? How are you encrypting a JDBC going from, from the app server to the web server? Is that in the clear? Can I do TCP dump from a Linux perspective? So, you know, we kind of go through the whole stack because from a security view, I'm supposed to go to every level of that, even to the uh, cloud and make sure all that's locked down. Gotcha. Are you guys using a cloud watch for that? Oh, I forgot there's another monitor. Yeah, we do cloud watch. We do cloud trails to make sure they're in there. Yep. And two is, like my man up there, the stick tell you what you need to write in the logs in case you get hacked so you can figure out how you got hacked, right? Log, log in and log off. Uh, SQL statements should be in there. Um, so it tells you what the log. So from a forensic perspective, you get hacked. You need to have, because I work for the IRS, with the IRS. Mm-hmm. They want you to have seven years of logs to go back to figure out if you got hacked or not. From, from a perspective, and and that's a lot of money. Even AWS, even putting that stuff in Glacier, is kind of expensive. So that's kind of what I'm gonna try to bring in my channel, bring some guys together, just kind of work on a project. Like I said, I do it from a DoD blue team perspective. Then you know, everybody wants to be a hacker. So like I said, I got three dudes I'm cool with. Like he talked about me, Alpha Cyber's cool. So he laughed when I told him I'm gonna challenge you to break into my app. He was rubbing his hands. So we gonna see who's the best. But that's crazy though, man. When you just threw up, uh, you just brought up Cloud Trail and Cloud Watch. Like three years ago, I had no idea what none of them were. I just right. seen them in Splunk. 
Right. See, yeah, I'm weird, man. I'm I'm, I'm a little OCD, so I, I read like 1,100 pages of cybersecurity. I actually read Google's uh, and Amazon's and Azure's uh, system security plan from the back end. Man, that should be super impressive. But I'm only weird because he told me, he goes, you don't only do that for this because my questions, I put the page numbers on it. They were like, dude, did you read this whole thing? I go, that's what I get paid to do, man. Like you said, like like we said, when you're black, you got to be extra good. So I take this very serious. Once again, I'm fat and I eat well. So let's get this mm-hmm. money. So I read the whole get thing. The so, so to be crying, honestly, I think I get a, a job at Azure because she kept calling me back asking me questions. I'm like, yeah. this your doctor. Hey, Why I, are you asking me questions? I've heard Microsoft is like a very good company to work for, especially with the oh, Yeah, I've heard that too. What do you guys feel about the future of uh, Azure? You know, I like it. It's I like think a, it's I think it's gaining uh market share. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it has gained a lot of market. It's gained over fifteen percent in the last year. The the, the of, reason why is AWS is in competition with people. If I'm Netflix, I'm not gonna get on Amazon because they got Amazon Prime. Right. So you gotta think of all the businesses. AWS buying grocery stores. So if I'm your competitor, I'm not gonna feed you my money. <laughs> Number one, you could be stealing my IP. Even if you're not, I'm still paying you. Right. Yeah, so I think a lot of people will jump into there because they're like, dude, I'm not want to support my competitor. Shout out to them because they're the 800 pound gorilla. They trying to get in everything, man. Mm-hmm. I think they're getting sued. And as far as DOD goes, they were the first to that Fed ramp. You know, a lot of this, a lot of their stuff is Fed ramp. You know, so oh, yeah. now they got special government cloud, and they just made yeah. it east and west. And that government cloud is expensive because I do a lot of business with uh Department of Revenue, so I got to report to the IRS. So they tell you straight up, you got to be in a Fed ramp cloud. The reason why is I don't want to be next to Professor Black Ops, Chicken and Shack, because I'm doing no security, right? If you're on a VM, I can hack through the host VM and get to your guest VM. That happened a couple of times. So they want everybody in the government cloud, because at least they know you got some security requirements you're replying to your app. So you know what I do know? That one of the industries that's still so far behind when it comes to security is healthcare. Oh, I did a video on that. Go ahead. I will briefly. I was on a, a project helping uh, with like another sock standing up that crap for this uh, healthcare client, and I was seeing how they crap looking the attacks and all that they that they get is like crazy. And I haven't researched what type of softwares or platforms they got dedicated strictly or solely to that, but I think that's a way as well. Like I, I don't know how many. Companies just dedicate. Hey, you know what? We're gonna provide you know security services just to. And I, I see, I see these places kind of going to ramp up in the techs, healthcare, and mm-hmm. um, um, law stuff like lawyers' offices and stuff like that. Because think about it: if you on trial and they got the the uh, information and they they email service and stuff like that, you hire somebody to go in there and wipe it out. He's like, well, we ain't got the evidence, no, so he must be innocent. You know, it's, 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 it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. So I, I feel 100%. like I feel like that's going to be something that people aren't really looking into right now. And that I see in the, the near future as everything, you know, goes more to the cloud and less paper based, you know. Right. I mean, because the healthcare industry is even behind in software development as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I have never seen the healthcare app I was impressed with. Like the, the, the weird thing, though, from a compliance standpoint if you do FISMA from DOD, you do IRS, they tell you exactly what hardening they would have put on a, a server or a database. When you go back to HIPAA, they don't tell you anything. They say these are policies and procedures, and you can figure it out. So it's weird. They're they're very lax in security 
from a um, compliance standpoint and even security hardening. Because when you do OD, when you do DOD, it says this Red Hat Linux needs this check on this particular box, and it's like 325 checks. My man, no, I'm, he's gonna have to check that. You don't, you don't have that in HIPAA. People just kind of yeah. do what they want. So I, I be, I'm super surprised with that. I always joke like, "Hey man, we need to go hit them with that ransomware. We can split that 200 million dollar Bitcoin, mm-hmm. man." I don't know. And listen, the funniest thing was uh, when I was working with the, the other project. It was my first time being on with, with the vendors, and they uh, dealing with ransomware. And everybody's on that call like chickens with their head cut off because they ain't playing for it. They don't know what to do. And I'm on there just laughing. I'm just typing on something. So, so what, one thing they're trying to get a lot of uh, people on now, especially on the federal side, uh, is DevSecOps platform. So they're trying to deploy this, you know, and, and look it up. Uh, a sister put me onto it called Platform One. I don't know if y'all heard of it. Uh, platform One, the DOD is, is using that platform, Air Force. But so basically, you have this security built into the whole development lifecycle. So as you know, people are pulling these, these Docker containers down, and these Docker containers have all kinds of vulnerabilities in them. They're not scanning them, and they're just deploying them and putting their applications on them. But that's how stuff is getting hacked. And so, you know, with the DevSecOps, it allows them to scan those containers, you know, scan that software that's going through, you know, the pipeline as it's building it. So when that software is deployed, it's already tested, and you already know what vulnerabilities in it if you got to fix something. Or, you know whatnot. So when it's going in production, it's good. And that's that's where that's where the that's where the industry is going right now with DevSecOps. Like that's that security is going to be implemented into the development process. That's why your skill set with the uh, AWS certification and know how to developing, like you you would fit you would go smoothly into that DevSecOps role because you know you already know the development side and you know. Yeah, I mean I know a couple of guys in DevSec and there. They're even staking lobsters too, like uh, Professor Black Ops over here. But uh, we waiting on you, Roman. We waiting on you, man. We waiting for you to kick in the door. We're here for you, man. <laughs> I get the. I get there. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking about my security plus soon in uh, the the C I don't know if, that, if that's even how you pronounce it. I, I got the security plus. It's good as a cert, but with you in development, you're gonna know most of that. I promise you, out the box. I mean, you're gonna check the box, but since you roll your sleeves up. You just need to figure out, like you said, validation and break down those parts so you can understand them, to be honest. A lot of what you're going to learn in CISP, you're not going to never use. I mean, it's going to be a checkbox, man. Because you're talking about CCD cameras, web cameras, slip paint on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I want to go. I want to go. I think I want to do my CISM instead of CISSP. I don't know how similar the material is, but... It looks pretty similar. Uh, people on my team got both. The only problem is, and I agree with you, is if you do CISP, it comes up with way more jobs than them. Because a lot of people just, especially in the DOD government, whatever is 5380, CISP is at the top of that list, man. So I actually missed it by six points 10 years ago. I never took it again. So I'm thinking about studying for it again. I'm just lucky because a lot of people know me. My connections are big. Everybody I work with DOD, I got two homies at AWS. I got one homie at uh, Azure. So my contacts reach out to me. I ain't interviewed in 20 years for a job. People ask come in, ask me to invite me to come work. Def, yeah, because uh, I was a, a startup one to interview, man. I, I told him I was not going to do a coding interview with them. And we just we went our separate ways. And I interviewed with the because <laughs> I was. Uh, That's I was what I'm to go <laughs> yeah, I think th- those interviews for software engineers, man, they're they're abusive. 
Seriously, Fine. My, Fine. My, my interview was four hours for this company. <laughs> they take, they take <laughs> the algorithms. That's right. just I, so my, my present company. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. cool with them, but shout out to the Indians. They be brutal. I work with a lot of Indians. They be trying to embarrass you at the no. board. <laughs> Everybody on my team now, my current company, Indian. And, so, and two white guys. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Shout out to them, but that should be us. It should be dominating Tato's teams like that. We should be controlling that whole programming. Why it that? Like, like Ron said, we should be dominating that, man. Why, but like, why, why are we? We got all these coding boot camps that have popped up. All these, all of us. It's you know? not cool. We talk I mean, about, shout out to Kevin Samuels. We can't be a high value man, man. You know, everybody's on that. <laughs> we talk about relationship, man. We got to put our suit on and, and dress nice. And I'm too fat. I got to lose some weight so I can be tall and skinny, man. That's what we talking about on, on, on Black YouTube and the okay. Manosphere. Let's go back to Kevin Samuels, though, because uh, it's something I did want to talk about because I watch him a lot, too. And he uh, he talked about, uh, you know, getting those managing director, C-suite level positions. And he, he made a good point. They're married at a 90 percent rate. You, so do you think that that marriage is that glass ceiling that we're not breaking through? Because, I mean, I think uh, black women are the highest unmarried in America than black men right after that. So do you, you know think what? that's real? You may have a point because the director I was talking about earlier, he was married. Yeah, well, they're married at ninety percent. If you look at the, them. the reason why is, and I I play in that thing is when people meet you when you're married, they don't they know who you are. They're gonna judge you through your wife, right? That's the kind of way they're gonna judge you because I've been to those meetings when they come in, they start to, they have their wife talk to your wife, so that mm-hmm. that's how they interview a lot of times. And two people tease me. I call myself Chunky Woods because a lot of business is done on a golf course. My golf game be impressive, man. And those golf. things we just don't do because they're nerdy. Golf cart, golf course, and the bar. Yeah, facts. Well, that's what we do. We golf, then we go to the bar. Or the bar yeah. at the golf course. And right. that's for me to be a strike of a conversation. He knows it because me and him have been knowing each other for what like, elementary school? 21 years now. Yeah, facts. <laughs> facts. So I, that's for me to talk. Yeah, real quick story. So I'm in this golf outing at DOD. So I get paired up with a two-star general. So we're joking around, and I'm calling myself Chunky Woods. He's walking down the hall. People are saluting. He yells out, Chunky Woods, when we going to golf again? Everybody's like, do you know him? I go, well, we golfed for two hours yesterday. So he told his secretary to call call my boss, and they let me leave work early. But that's the connection. So he told me, any team I want to be on DOD, just let me know, and it's done. Because he was a two-star general. That's networking. Absolutely. They got that kind of clout. You know, I think the reason I got accepted to the embassy guard when I was in the Marine Corps, because I knew a lieutenant colonel. He recommended me and everything. You know, when you start getting birds and bars on your shoulders, that's a different game. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I thought about going because uh, I actually had a choice when I was in the Marine Corps because I applied for two programs. It was either A, transition from being enlisted, go to the Naval Academy, be an officer, or do the embassy guard. I chose Embassy Guard because I wanted to go overseas for three years. <laughs> That's not bad. I did not want to be in no fleet. I used to work at a, a Fortune 500 company, and when you go into management, they make you go overseas for two or three years because they want you to experience when they're a global company. So I know guys went to Japan and Brazil and just mm, different places because mm. as far as their job, when you talk about those big companies, they want you to have that global perspective. So Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing, like knowing how to communicate. That's probably – that's probably where we, where the disconnect is. Like a lot of us, you know, because I mean, here in the tech industry, I mean, 
you're very rarely dealing with someone in the tech industry where English is their first language. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Most of, most of my coworkers, English is their third language. Seriously. So you're right. definitely right. trying to understand that. And like, especially on Microsoft Teams, because I mean, at least in person, um, you have like oh, gestures man. and stuff like that. But on Teams, you see <laughs> a little icon with their initials. <laughs> and it's like, the, 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 weird thing, the weird thing, though, I think is less, that benefits you because a lot of my Indian Asian guys I'm cool with, they scared to talk to the directors because the white guys be mad at them because they understand it. So I'm kind of like their communication barrier. So I, I end up running the team. People, yeah. and, I, and, I, and they love me because I tell them too. I take the heat for them. So I, so they be trying to. You should be our team lead. I'm like, nah, dude. They don't pay me enough. So sometimes you could use that as a barrier, man. Right. But I was gonna say something that Dewan Life was saying in the spaces yesterday for everybody here. He was saying uh, a lot of times people try to say, you know, it's not uh, what you know, it's who you know. But he said it's not who you know, it's who knows you. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was that was the mic drop because, you know, that segues into the branding yourself. Like since I started branding myself and I came to YouTube and what I put on my blog, Twitter or uh, LinkedIn, when I tell you all different type of possibilities started coming my way because they can go. It's easy for a recruiter or whoever to click on me and see my stuff. I've had recruiters from like tech systems and other places say, hey, man, just want to tap in, love your videos. I tell some of the guys we're looking at trying to get jobs to go check your YouTube out. Absolutely. Uh, so Branding, man, that's that's the future. So yeah, I, I'm mostly a mouthpiece, though, so that's how I've gotten these lead and, and managerial roles because of this, because everybody will not, you will get somewhere, have a meeting, everybody be quiet. There'll be one person talking the whole time. And most of the time, that's the person they're going to promote to start running stuff. And that's what I found out in my experience. I had grown men that would not know what to do and just be quiet. And then I'm like, man, look, we got to do this, this, and this. And I started just getting notes right off. I only worked night shift one time. They never said go back to nights. They said, we need you on days. Too valuable. But I think that's part of the IT uh, nerd part is, and I know some brilliant dudes that can't communicate. They on the spectrum, man. Them dudes be looking down at the floor. But if I give them a a hibernate algorithm with Fibonacci or something, hey, knock that out, but they can't say hi to their coworkers, right? So that's always, uh, you know, that that's it. And they're going to make a ton of money at the tech level, but after a while, they're going to cap out, right? So yeah. you got to have to start that, that management and lead role. And, I, and to be honest, I've been kind of in the middle, kind of avoiding that sometime because I had a team that was just crazy. They didn't work well. They didn't like me. They went around me. Cause they knew my boss better than I do, so it was like, dude, do I really want to yeah. handle that or do this? So, yeah, that's the reason why I didn't want to do. I didn't want. So my last manager got promoted to a director role, but I didn't. Before she started doing that, she came us like, you know, my job's coming up. You kind of want. I was like, I didn't want it because I like some of the people on the team, but some of the people I didn't have patience for. I was like, this ain't gonna last long, and I don't have time to deal with it. Um, and I like to add that I, I think I've detailed this in some either my videos or my blogs is the fact that I've said this last job was the first time me as a black man got to start at the starting line with everybody else. So I didn't have to come in and try to play catch up to promote. Whereas I had equal footing and immediately you notice who the best was. And I was like, if we had that opportunity, I could talk about jobs or just life. People would be surprised because honestly, we most of the time starting 50 yards behind and we running 
twice, three times as fast to catch up. But once we finally catch up, then you start seeing the distance between you and everybody else. Absolutely. I think uh, Rashad Morton touched on it uh, when you guys first started. We, we're quick learners, very quick learners if we get that uh, that opportunity uh, to actually get into that role. But, uh, man, I was going to mention something very, that I thought was very important two minutes ago, but I lost my train of thought. Companies be scared to take that chance on us. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember it. So back into that management uh, thing, I think what we need to see more, not a more focus on, but people need to know that that the more technical stuff, that's for these entry middle level management stuff. When they start, when they want to ascend above that, they need to know that they need to build those soft skills, that communication, that empathy, that uh, ability to network with people throughout your company to get things done. Because I mean, yeah, you may be a software developer in cybersecurity, but you're gonna need to know people at the help desk or at your cybersecurity. You're gonna need to know your developers pretty well. They're gonna need to reach out and not like just have their heads up against the keyboard, heads down, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I know. And especially at my role, I'm a friendly guy and I work behind the scenes, so I gotta get cool with Roman because if Roman has a bug and I'm trying to figure it out, he might try to hide it because he's scared, right? So I gotta make sure they have confidence in me that we're doing this together, right? And I gotta talk to the DBAs, I gotta talk to incident response. So I gotta one thing about cybersecurity, which is cool, is I don't do work anymore, I delegate it, right? I'm gonna say, Roman, I need you to look at these checks. Rashad, here's my uh, AWS checks. I need you to be at fifth form of 22. I need you to fill these things out, right? Then I need to take all that data, and I'm going to figure out what is the risk for the company, right? But I got to have people trust me and know what those jobs are, at least at a high level, so I can do a security assessment so I can figure out what, like I said, what the risk is to the company. Yeah, Absolutely. In delegation, that's a that's a big word to use, uh, but it's needed, you know, because I know a lot of people who are very hard workers, very competent at their jobs, but they're not as effective because they're afraid to delegate to seem like they're lazy or something. Well, no, like it's, that. it's no, it's like that because my first managerial job, I got in trouble because I'm a killer programmer, so I was scared to have people do work because I was scared they were gonna mess it up me as a supervisor. That's but true. then I can't do everything right, so. That's part of me growing as a supervisor and a manager is you got to trust your people. And that's where a lot of people struggle going from tech because I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, out of, I'm out of sight. So when I give somebody something, I'm scared they're going to mess it up. But once again, I can't do everything. They're going to, you know, like I said, I can't do everything. So as a manager, you got to work on delegating, trust your team. And like, like my man said, you got to build your team and pick your team, too. Absolutely. Building teams, training That's them, make right. sure they got the proper tools to do their jobs. Yep. And the biggest thing is, you know, resume, Jim. How many of you know real quick since the people talking? <laughs> the biggest thing is that can you solve problems? Uh, I always tell people to show that on their resume. Like, I can show you what projects we have to do, you know what I'm saying? Like helping with the implementation of SOAR tools and what problems it solved and how it helped us. If I want, if I need to get the metrics, how it, you know, helped us go from like a five minute triage time to a two minute triage time on, on alerts or something like that. Like all those things matter. If you can say it in a nice way to somebody, you can get hired because like he said, the technical stuff is cool, but they need a figurehead. They need somebody to talk. Um, they need somebody who can just talk regular to people who don't understand nothing at all. And that's what I pride myself on as well. It's like just being that person that could do that. And, and, and what group of people are the best problem solvers? We are. 
we've been making it off the list or the least for forever. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're <laughs> but, this. But, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Now you go. I was doing a video on that. Is that's the next thing when you become manager? How can you take technical jargon and give it to your manager? And let's take to another. I'm supposed to talk to the directors. So they want that stuff on one sheet. What is the risk I'm getting to? They don't want to hear it. I got a Linux vulnerability on the CVE because the disk encryption. They don't care about that, right? They want to know what that is in business terms. How much money is going to make us lose if it happens? Right. What's the What's kind of, how much, acceptance? <laughs> and how much is going to cost us to fix? Like you said, and is that, you know, what risk is that going to solve for us spending that money? But uh, yeah, we got Miss CC by E. CC by 30. Shout out. Here, you know, this is the, I always tell everybody go follow her for networking gems. She's been in this lane for years and she knows about it way more than I do. She's a Cisco champion and a Twitter trash talker. What's up, Dara? Every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, nothing much. Uh, doing some studying getting ready for this ITIL exam that I have to take for work. So. Y'all females are always studying. Right. <laughs> Every time I talk to y'all, I'm studying for another cert. So, you know. I will say being a parent now, late nights and weekends about the only good time you got that you can study. So yeah, even even doing this right now, you know, it's the it's the weekend. Yeah, I just took my final just a couple of minutes ago, so I shouldn't even be fronting like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you have did you have uh, something you want to add or anything? Uh, so uh, hold on, doing... something who said this real quick. I'm gonna put this on the screen so you can see what he said. Okay. <laughs> Why? Oh, I have no clue. Because <laughs> you got the CCIE, so they hating. I don't have it yet. Oh, you don't have um, it? Okay. So I think where that came from was a few days ago or last week sometime. I was in a Twitter space and somebody was saying, you know, they're in, um, I think they're like a software engineer or something. And they just wanted to familiarize themselves with networking terms and somebody told them to go take the ccna and i'm like <laughs> you don't need a ccna if you're not going to be doing networking you can just go review the net plus material there you go they came at my neck i have never seen cisco certs be so defended in my history of being on twitter I was, I was just thinking, are you call me. <laughs> I was like, I, I got the after. I was like, what is anybody on Twitter? That's what that was so, about. That, that, and that was late night. And then I woke up the next morning and it was still going. And people were like subtweeting me and basically saying, I was only saying that because I had a sponsorship from CompTIA. And then I got offended because no, that's not. It's a software engineer. They don't need a CCNA. Like, that's stupid. Exactly. Um, so sponsor be, people. They they have been. I did do, like, a sponsored video for them, and I let it be known it was sponsored. But it was an opinion I already had. So it's not like I'm steering people away from the CCNA. If you're going to accuse me of being biased to a vendor, it should be Cisco. She like, definitely Cisco down. Like, that's why she got Cisco hat on right now. 
I have a jacket. It's it's in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> it has like Cisco champion on it. Facts, facts. But yeah, that was that was where I got offended. It was like, all right, no, they're a software engineer. They don't need the CCNA. That's stupid. So you so. have multiple Cisco certs then? I have the CSENT, which is retired now. So it's mine is expired. And then the CCNA. But I kind of took off from like taking certs because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so I was just learning on the job and taking like different professional trainings. But my whole career has been in Cisco environments. So gotcha. Cisco uh, I was voice, about that. everything. I was thinking about that Cisco DevNet because, I mean, it's pretty much all about APIs and just a little bit of networking. So everybody said I should mm-hmm. go for it because I, I know a little bit of networking. I studied for the Network Plus, but never got around to the exam because, I mean, by then I was already doing crazy stuff with my router. So I feel like I got mm-hmm. everything I needed to know without spending the, the $300 to take the cert. You know, especially since I'm 300 to take so. Network Plus now? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big amount, two chains. They went up. <laughs> like this, the Cisco exams are like four hundred now. That's crazy. Yeah, um, that reminds me. If you're on here right now, Ceh is a waste of garbage. It's probably about what five to six hundred dollars to take now. Like, go get something else. I think the CYSA Plus is on the same level for those like DLD standards or something like that. So go get that harder cert, but cheaper, but more beneficial. Facts. In my eyes. Yeah, facts. DLD really loves that cert when I was there. <laughs> But um, I brought the I told the to uh, come up too because I did want us to get you know some femininity you know on this live stream. So if we got some women that's watching this, they can see some some women in tech. Uh, if you guys want to see more of her, we actually did a podcast episode. I want to say she's my next to last episode, and um, you can check that out. A lot of gems dropped about networking, what you can expect from salaries, moving up in your career, and all that. We we had that on there. So check out the text with y'all uh, playlist. You'll see it on there. Awesome. So, so I also did a blog about people getting over-certified. Oh, yeah. yeah. Start chasing. Because mm. I, 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 you know, I kind of, when I, you know, certifications came out, I was that one like, man, I'm about to get all of these. I'm about to get all 13 of these motherfuckers. You know, I'm about to. And then I start thinking about it because, like I said, like they're not just going to give you no cloud job just because you got that first certification. So it might be until you get that second or third certification to where somebody actually sees you're serious and actually, you know, willing to let you start doing some stuff. But on that uh, same note about over-certified, I don't know if you guys been, have been getting, encountering it on LinkedIn, but just about every other day I'm getting a message from somebody talking yep. about Oh, we'll take the cert for you. So Maybe. I'm afraid to get a lot of cert. Yeah, somebody like. Yeah. <laughs> I let the post about that. I, I, I said I, I got to watch out. They're they're trying to prey on our community. When we start talking about certifications, and they're no way, and a lot of us are trying to transition into tech too. So somehow, some way that they're going on LinkedIn and they're like finding us. They're talking about certifications, and you know these people overseas. They're trying to like prey on us. You know and. Honestly, Twitter is where I found out that people actually cheat on certifications. I had no idea until I joined that Twitter space that people can actually cheat on these certifications and will remote into your computer and take the test for you. And yeah, I've been to that. Gives me a different aspect on down. Okay, is this how all they all y'all got in here? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you can tell, honestly, when you start talking to some people, you know, you let them talk long enough, they'll show you exactly what they about. Uh, I tell them people all the time, you know, them, them Indian cert people are up there with the MLM people in my LinkedIn inbox. Oh, you want to mm-hmm. work on this new uh, asset to make some passive income? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> facts, facts. I was mad when I started seeing those on LinkedIn because they were all on Facebook, the MLM people. Yeah. So. Oh, they moved over. Content. They had to add some legitimacy. All you got to say is, reply back and like, hey, uh, oh yeah, what's the requisition number? They ain't going to respond. Thanks, thanks. I was like, how you going to just choose me out of six billion people to be a millionaire? Come on, fam. Right. But I, I also think maybe from the platforms that we sign up with, like Udemy, like you know, Wiz Lab, like all these platforms, they're not, they're not owned by us. Like they're owned by people overseas, you know, so they could be doing whatever they want with that data. You know, they sell that data to who and whatever, you know, they, they know we signed up for this course or that course or whatnot. And they just selling our data to whoever and doing what, you know, doing what they do with it. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, everybody's selling our stuff, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having fun with, it. I love the, your auto warranty stuff is expired calls and, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, I got a Lambo, and, and they start getting mad and hang up. I'm like, well, you called me, tell me my warranty expired for right. a car that I right. must have, and they get hilarious. Or oh, don't fake Microsoft has said your IP has been in use. You need to call us. Like them scam videos are hilarious. <laughs> okay, so so talking about scams and mistakes, I guess for the the crowd in the uh, comment box, what are some things that we should be avoiding? as we try to move up in our career in uh, cybersecurity, software development, networking, et cetera, or even getting these certifications, you know, because I've only been a software developer for, what, three years now? So I want to give you guys some perspective mm-hmm. on it since you guys have been in it for a while. Okay. I actually slowed down on getting certifications after I did my CCNA because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And where I was working at, we worked on everything because it was such a small team. So I was doing voice, wireless, networking, just a little bit of everything. Um, And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I didn't want to just go and get like some of my colleagues were just getting they were just racking up certs. It later came out they were cheating. um, Some of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But. I partially blame management on that because when you come in and say, oh, everybody needs to be certified or I'm firing people, you kind of get what you, you know, you kind of get what you get. So I'd say, like, be strategic in what certifications you're getting. And three things play into that. One, the direction you want to go in for yourself and where you want to take your career, what skills the market is demanding, and then... um, Three, what interests you? Because a lot of these, you're going to spend a lot of time studying. Like, these books aren't, like, thin books. Like, Mm -hmm. I have my CCNA security book. Like, this, I got to read this. This, If I'm not interested in this, I'm not going to want to read it or watch the material. So, it's it's a good mix of, like, three of those three things to me, anyway. Nice. Let me uh, jump in real quick. Shout out to Master IT for the super chat. People who cheat on certs get found out quickly in that interview, stuttering and sweating. That's facts. And look, if you guys mm-hmm. do need to get, uh, I know for a fact he has the trifecta with the CompTIA certs and some other things. If you do need to want to pass those certs, check out Master IT. 
uh, he definitely can help you with that. Check out his channel. He does a lot of free uh, questions for certain tests that you can just go on there and you see like some questions how come to your test will be worded and it can help you out. So check out uh, Master IT and salute to him. We got to have him on eventually. Facts, facts. And I was going to say, I don't know. I had when I, uh, I took my headphones off for a while while she was talking. But I also say like uh, if you're starting out, Pay attention. It's just like your mama show you, like, you know, if something's too good to be true, most of the time it, it probably is. So look out for that. Um, a lot of people now are, you know, calling themselves coaches and, you know, trying to just run it up and get get a bag off you. And um, Thanks. just kind of look, see what they lead with. Like, for example, I don't really, my, my market is different. So I don't lead with saying, hey, come get with me in cybersecurity and you're going to make six figures. I lead with, hey, mm-hmm. I can help you get out of help this or whatever role you're, you know, you're in. I can help you get to another well-paying role. I don't lead with X amount of money because I know it don't always work like that for everybody. Um, Thanks, but some people will say that, but that's not always the case because then you're going to be upset. Like I have a client now who said she pays my $2,600 and they ran off on her with the money. I still don't know who that person is that she paid. I'm trying to figure out. Mm. But ain't in our community, right? But that stuff, you know, that's happening. You like, people are getting <laughs> people are getting preyed on. You know, what I'm saying paying, you know, people for knowledge that they technically don't really have real experience in, and it's all theoretical. So if you find people, maybe maybe Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, see if they had a string of content along, so you can kind of hear what they talk about and see if they mm-hmm. making sense compared to somebody who got verifiable, you know, work on LinkedIn or something like that and see how it lines up before you want to roll your dice with them. Yeah. And two, with, um, with, the, with YouTube, um, LinkedIn, you can do research on people now. You can ask people for references and kind of follow them. And just Google if, if somebody's been run off with the bag a lot of time. Somebody have it posted somewhere like this person's a fraud. But be careful, too, because people hate on people and give them a bad reference, too. So, so you got to balance them. And two is you know where you at base wise as a software developer, you can slide into cybersecurity. You know, that makes sense. You can get off into CCNA because as you build your app, you're putting it on uh, Linux. So you need to understand networking and traffic and controlling. So that seems like a natural progression for you. It's not different. Somebody said, oh, you can be the next SRO or SRE. You don't have those skills yet, young man. So right. that big leap, that, right. that doesn't make sense. Right. So. So, you, you know, so those are the things you just kind of need to um, just kind of walk through and think through. And two is, like I tell people, if you can, I give out informational interviews. So you come to me as a software developer and we talk about things like that. But I'm not a coach. So I send you to, to my man because I trust him. I know he's a coach and I trust him. I know his skills and I know some other uh, coaches. So I'll give you two or three coaches and you need to interview them to figure out who you like. Because, you know, their, their personality might might not mess with yours. Like, I'm old and grumpy, so you got to be nice to me, man. Right. right? And so I, and you I'm can't be getting on me. I always tell people, like, if you're just starting out, start at the – we all hear these certs, Security Plus, CCNA. Start at the vendor website. Most right. of these vendors have free webinars. They have blog posts that detail what the certifications cover, what skills you're supposed to come away with. Do that research first, and then that way it'll help you, you know, kind of weed out people, these people on social media. 
And another thing, like a lot of the reputable people will do like just free informational webinars. Sign up for those, attend them, vet them with what you've done your research on. Are they actually like providing, you know, real world experience to to these skills or are they just regurgitating what you just read on Cisco's website? Right. Thanks. And I'll just say something else I said about LinkedIn. See if they've actually worked with people that gave them some recommendations, like how they are as a person. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big one. Some people don't even have recommendations on LinkedIn. So that that could say a lot about a person. And you can see, oh, they actually did work with that person. Um, and I was going to add in, it was funny enough, I have another client who was telling me that, I think he said he was doing the boot camp for Flatiron School. And they told him verbatim, like, no, just because you do this boot camp, you know, you're not going to get a job. And I think he said they were charging like 20K for the whole boot camp. So I was like, at least they was, you know, up front to say that and just not have you go through and not know that. They know, got in trouble for that, though. They, yeah, they I, were at one time guaranteeing jobs. Oh, no wonder. Okay, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was. That's, that was literally going to be my next uh, topic that I wanted to talk about. How do you guys, because uh, I know a couple of universities, just like they had these coding boot camps, they're not. They're now coming out with cybersecurity boot camps. Yeah, of course. Have you seen any of those grads? Yeah, I was yeah. supposed to be a um, a teacher in some part of last year for one of those courses because they're outsourcing them because they know that's the next wave and kids aren't really going to school no more because you're making people take classes they don't want to take. Like I had to go back to school take the classes I just took in junior and senior year mm-hmm. high school to waste money and I didn't do good in the class because I didn't care about. There's people coming out of college with computer science degrees and going to coding boot camps. Facts, yeah. facts. I teach, I, I, I'm, I'm a real professor in real life. So the curriculum they give me, I try to add to, but the curriculum is five years behind. Don't blame the professor. That's not my fault. So I try to give them new technologies. I was teaching Java. So like my man said, let me give you a little spring. Let me give you a little hibernate. Let me tell you what it's going to be like in the real world. We was doing these itty bitty methods. I'm like, dude, you can't get a job with these spoon feed methods. You got to know the stack. Right. So I try to add that into the class because I teach at a local college. So, yeah, yeah. It's a girl on Twitter who graduated with a degree in software engineering. And she said she got out here and was like, Looking at these job wrecks, like, what is this? I didn't learn any of this. So now she's like, you know, trying to build her skills on Twitter so she can get. Um, is that associate's or a bachelor's? You I think it's a, a bachelor's. bachelor's. Is, is that the one that got the scholarship mm-hmm. from last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. We, I did um, a consult with her and she was just like, I don't even know. Like, I, I feel like I wasted four years or six years of her life because she's just like, I came out and like, I none of this is relevant. Right. Now, I try to tell my students that on a real time when I get in trouble and I say sometimes you got to, which sounds crazy, you got to augment your bachelor's degree to make sure you're current or you're going to be left behind. Right. Because they give you these little spoon feed coding things that don't work in a real class. So like we just talked about, you need to know the full stack that's current. So you can say, like you said, my skills match this rec, but we don't do that as a college. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, I was going to add because somebody thought uh, boot camps. I have a section about boot camps degrees in my book. And uh, I pretty much tell people to, like he just talked about, about the coaches, go talk to people who's went to these boot camps and see what their value was. Don't listen to somebody who ain't never did the boot camp. Try to fake on somebody for running a boot camp. Uh, look at the prices, compare prices, and, and go off of that. Like, 
also make sure the boot camp is possibly taught by a person that may be in that industry. And what type of activities will you be doing in the boot camp? Will it be practical to where you can have projects on your resume or will it just be some mm-hmm. stuff? Like, I just learned some stuff out of a book and it got me a cert. Like, look for those type of things. Uh, you know, I'm always going to plug Mary in every time. Her boot camps are way cheaper than the 17K ones. So go to my tech best friend. I might drop it in the chat and. You know, you can start there. I think she got some boot camps coming up next year. Definitely, because uh, I went to a coding boot camp uh, back in uh, 2019. And my biggest recommendation is knowing what you're going to the boot camp for, knowing a, at least a little bit about it. Because when I went to my coding boot camp, I, I barely knew HTML and CSS. So when the JavaScript course coming, and they're going at breakneck speeds, they're talking about a concept for maybe 15 minutes, and they're having you code it out. So if you're lost already, you're not going to get as much out of it if you already have like a baseline skill level in whatever program language they're covering. So that'll definitely help you get out a lot more. And like Henri was saying, research, 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 because at my first software engineering job, they had uh, it was me and one guy who went to the same coding boot camp. And then everyone else was from Hack Reactor and they were in a completely different league. They were coding circles around us. So we found that Hack Reactor was definitely the more superior one to ours. And I'm not saying Hack Reactor is the best because I've never taken it, but those uh, developers were definitely on a different caliber. So just to speak on that from the inside, you know, especially at our company, what what these companies are doing now, because the colleges aren't really teaching these um, people that are coming out with the skills that are, are necessary right now. So what the companies are doing, they're going to these other companies like Hack Reactor or like, you know, say me, me and Professor Black Ops start a company and we're training people on devs, DevOps or DevSecOps. They go into, they're reaching out to these people that are training these people with those skills and like, okay, you know, when they graduate, you know, we'll, you know, we, we want some, you know, we want y'all people because these people are actually coming out with the skills that the companies want versus the people that are coming out of college that, you know, they got the degree, but you know, they don't have no certifications. They don't know about, you know, uh, uh, GitHub. They don't, they don't know GitHub, you know. Right. But like, too, like my man said, WGU, because they make you get the search while you're in college. And I actually brought that up to our chair. I was like, we failing as a college, man. We graduate people. They got $50,000 worth of debt and can't get a damn job. So as we failing mm-hmm. as a college. My yeah. chair didn't like that. I think I just got myself fired, but that'd be uh, another conversation for another yeah. day. But but so but that's so I told we're failing. You get dudes with bachelor's degrees with eighty thousand dollars in debt and can't go get a job making twenty dollars an hour. Yeah. So yeah. so are we failing as a college? Definitely. And and that's why my approach is at a high level. It can't it ain't it's not just specifically like even if you take cybersecurity out of it, if you approach it for anything in IT or whatever, it'll work because I get you to research what you want to do. Like my new method of doing consultations requires you to research what you want to do and write down answers to me and give them back. Because a lot of people haven't did that before and that's why they don't realize like, what am I missing? So now once mm-hmm. you do that, you say, okay, hmm, I saw these skills and these. I need to write these down and work on these every day. Mm-hmm. And then I need to do something meaningful with these skills. And now then I throw in the part where I help you with showing you about interviews and Maybe I'll tell you a little bit about like what your resume should be like, your networking, your brand. Like uh, shout out to Megan, one of my clients. Megan, we had a call. I said, she told me, I think she was interested in writing about uh, threat policy and risk and, and other stuff. I said, hey, you know what? 
you're very deep. I, I found out she was detail oriented for my call, and she was talking. I said, "You should start a blog." Within like an hour of the call, I see her tweet me on Twitter and tweet her first blog that she just typed up. That's gonna work. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not gonna have a blog, and the fact that you can understand and put the information out there that's readable. It's going to let you know that like you might might land some in technical writing. You might just be writing playbooks and documentation. Like it's a whole bunch of different bags out here. People not realizing they can get because they just don't know how to research for them. Yeah, that insurance bag because I'm not detailing. I write like crap. So I, we can definitely use her on my team. <laughs> policy writing is needed, but then, like you said, it's a special skill set. I can talk about it from a high level and do the technical stuff, but I don't like to sit down and write the detailed part of a policy. That's just not something I like. But any major fair company or major company, you got to have those standard policies. That's the first thing they do. Mm-hmm. Power to them, because so going into that, because uh, yeah, uh, I have to tell a lot of people, you know, I can tell they're not meant to be software engineers off the bat. But I, it's a lot of roles in tech that I feel that they would be very good at. So right. what are some, like, technical roles that people aren't thinking about where they can still make a, a, a lot of good money? Because, like you said, technical writers, those guys are making good I, money. I can name them all. Pete, which I have. Project management. I, mm-hmm. I tell them what I need to do, then they tell me to come back and hurry up. I'm like, what are you talking? I just explained my process, but the, you know they keep track of the uh, the flows and the dates and stuff. Pro- uh, product owners real big and agile. They just really taking taking the requirements, uh, talking to the customer. Right, they own a product, and all those really are not technical people from those. So there's mm-hmm. a ton of uh, technical writer, like you say, uh, professional services. Uh, facts and we we too we have because we do government work we got a technical contract writer because we got to have security language in the contract they got to go back and forth in there so there's probably 10 jobs and i'll probably do a video on it like where you don't need uh technical skills but you in a technical uh role like that and the pmps all of them make six figures right mm-hmm. you got people that's like that do branding and marketing for for these companies now they mm-hmm. got a skill set for doing doing that stuff that you could do at a tech company There's a position, um, speaking of marketing, that I learned about earlier this year because somebody reached out to me at one of the major tech companies, uh, tech vendors, networking vendors, to see if I'd be interested. But a technical marketing engineer. And what you do is when they're developing a a product, you train on it. So you get like that technical hands-on part. And then you're responsible for like writing up the blog post on it, speaking at conferences and interviews, basically selling the product. So you Mm -hmm. never even touch customers. You pretty much just have fun in a lab, go to some training, write about what you can learn. Those are the pretty people. Mm-hmm. I don't think I matched that. Those pretty people, they're probably six foot with they six not. abs. They're not. You sure? <laughs> no, no people in front of people. I think you're trying to trick me. <laughs> look, at, look at some of the people at um, um, some of these conferences, like Cisco Cisco Live and stuff. A lot of, some of those people are like technical marketing engineers. And I never thought about that until you brought that up now. I didn't even know until somebody reached out to me about it. And they're like, yeah, would you like to join? And I'm like, what do I do? Like... I just you know, sit in training all day. That makes a good video though to do the like real deal like um, unconventional tech roles mm-hmm. that that you know ten unconventional. Yep. Yeah, because you're right. You're, you're right. My next like, move, I say, when I get a little older in my sixties, I'm gonna be a project manager because I got all that thing. I was gonna tell people when you're gonna be done, put it on the timeline, and tell them to hurry up. 
Like I said, they make six figures on our team, and it's a ton of them. I literally tried to get my dad to apply for a project manager role the other day. Had a long conversation. I'm like, Dad, you'd be perfect for this. He's Because he's been a manager at manufacturing companies. He worked at GM for quite a while. I said, Oh, yeah, shout out to your dad. Every day I'm on LinkedIn, he's completed some other course. I mean, Michael Penn has did this. Yeah. Is that my side or your side? Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah, but there's a you can look at manufacturing. They got project managers specifically for manufacturing and software to ton. This is a ton, especially when you get to that SCADA, that, those type of uh, controllers. What about um, something like the ICS different... stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole different thing because I was actually um, looking at how to uh, secure the smart grid. I'm supposed to talk in front of a information insurance group about how do you uh, lock down a smart grid from a cybersecurity perspective. So like you said, ICS and those skater boards and all that. Facts. Yeah. And um, before we keep this thing going on too long, I do want people to look into all type of uh, IoT, smart type of tech, whereas whether it's wearable or stuff that has to do with stuff they're going to have in the cities and your house, uh, healthcare, those things in the next five to 10 years are going to be jobs that going to yeah, be yeah. readily and available, so you need to be ready for those jobs. Uh, yeah, so be, it's not going to be a shortage of Yeah, be careful Fitbit. I did a video where they found a super secret government base because of Fitbit, so be careful right there. <laughs> oh, crazy. wow. Yeah, well, so. well re was, real quick, the, the Navy was challenging each other. They had a Fitbit, so they would run around the base and they would post it on a public blog site. So the outline of the super secret <laughs> base where they would run six miles and compare them, so everybody's like, what is this base in Afghanistan with the circle around? So right. little stuff like that from a cybersecurity, people just wasn't thinking. They were like, are we getting in shape? We challenging other Marines. Like, dude, you told us where the Afghanistan the super secret base was. So it's about three years old, so just Google it. So you got to yeah, check man. everything. That's funny. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. It's, it's a whole bunch of stuff, but you guys just talking gave me some more ideas. I'm, I'm about to purchase Camtasia so I can take these screen recording videos to... Uh, the next level because uh yeah it's kind of hard than other software with them pop up right okay i'm gonna answer this last question then i'm gonna end it so everybody can get back to their saturday you know uh get them some good food you know go to the domain or something like that <laughs> um let me see this last question what are y'all thoughts on career progression for sock analysts i have sick plus and cysa plus train new analysts give demos i enjoy sock work but i'm looking to get a bump in pay Oh, you should already be getting a bump and pay because you're telling me a, a lead slash manager right now. Uh, you know, tap. I don't know if you got LinkedIn, but tap in with me because definitely what you're describing is stuff that I was doing. And I was pretty much the, the lead tier two and my manager's backup when she was out. So, um, you know, let me know, because also my old company is hiring a lot of people. So. If I can get you a referral to, you know, get that bread, you know, I'll do it. Yeah, that sounds like a lead role to me. Especially like train new animals. Hey, hey, it's never too late to leave. You can shoot. I've seen people leave after a week, you know? Yeah, <laughs> well, most of us are doing two or three jobs anyways. We just don't even know it. Yeah. Right. Because companies expect you to, to train. They, they just expect that you are the trainer. So you come in, you got hired two months before the next person. You're just expected to train the next person, and we don't we don't think about that and put that down. But yeah, you're a trainer. Yeah, yeah and and I was gonna say definitely, like with this role I'm doing now is 
totally different from my other roles. I'll be using more of my soft skills and meeting with other teams to make sure we have what we need for these instant response reports or whatever. And I'm getting paid more to do less. Facts, facts. Way more. I, the crazy thing is I, I do way less more, but when I make a mistake, it's going to be like a billion-dollar mistake now. Right. So yeah. the whole organization going to get hacked. So it's less, but it's more responsibility. So 100%. <laughs> it was close to almost like a 50% in pay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I didn't even right. So I'm telling everybody, I was like, I technically could have got that before, but I don't know if my skill set would have been as good as it is now as I did showing what I was able to do in that soccer mind for our huge client over three years. Uh, and I got, I, I say it offline, but I used to talk about all the time about how I got some other roles just from doing good work and managers and directors knowing your name. They talk. Oh yeah, I got this analyst right here. He's He's amazing. You know, if you need them, let me know. I became the go fixer guy. So I was at DOD. They would send me to other agencies and other states to help people fix stuff. So now, like you said, the words get around and that's how they uh, slid me into security. But once you become the fix it man and you do that, then too, when like you are, I'm a consultant. So when projects end, people will say, you can come work on my team if you want. So you got to get out there and make your skills known and, you know, get your grind on. That's but um, I'm going to get ready to uh, end this live stream uh, just because it is Saturday and I want to hold everybody's time. Appreciate everybody for coming up. Uh, Rashad stuff, this information is in the description. If you guys want to follow De'Ara, that's her, all her handles on her social media. Um, if you want to follow Roman, just I'm on LinkedIn. Roman, P-E-N-N on LinkedIn. Professor Black Ops stuff is in the chat for his channel. And you guys you know, know where to find me at appreciate y'all um y'all let me know in the comments when y'all re- replay this if y'all like me going live and bringing people up i'll definitely do it more this is an experience and it seemed like it turned out well so yeah man i rock with all y'all man remember at the end of the day let's get texture. Yes.